Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into Hoopsville on this Thursday evening, March the 5th. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. Welcome in as we have uh, settled down from the craziness that was the uh, selection weekend, and we are getting back into things. Uh, not normally, because we're obviously into the NCAA tournament at this point, but certainly plenty to talk about. Um, and kind of back into our normal per se shows. If you got questions for us, you can always tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us. Whoa. Uh, you can email us, Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. And, um, well, you can chat with us on Twitter uh, at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. You can chat with us on our chat rooms on Facebook where we're simulcasting the show or uh, uh, Ustream. Not Ustream. Wow, that's a flashback. Um, you can tr chat with us on uh, YouTube, is what I meant to say. YouTube.com slash D3Hoopsville. Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. So there you go. Um, so you see our donations in the upper corner. I was going to end earlier this week. But we kept getting some traction during the week, so I didn't want to end it. And uh, got a little, uh, got basically a request to keep it going and, and add a, a Venmo element. Some of you have asked about Venmo. We couldn't figure out how to get it to work. So we signed up briefly for another uh, campaign assistance kind of thing. You'll see it on the side of our show page. Um, you can donate there and use Venmo if you so choose. That's the easiest way to do it without giving, having me give out my Venmo. I mean, I guess I could. Um, I, I don't love the idea, but certainly could. Uh, so anyway, uh, lots of ways to contact us and uh, donate. As you can see, we're now over $5,000. That came out of nowhere. Uh, that's our last about checkup on things. Our goal is $7,500. we are going to keep it going until we notice things have died off just because uh, we got our quest to keep it moving. So we're keeping it moving. Men's and women's basketball tournaments get going tomorrow, Friday, the 6th of March. The first game out of the gate will be at 1 uh, o'clock Eastern time. That'll be on the men's side, Yeshiva Men's Basketball. They'll be taking on WBI at Johns Hopkins. The um, Johns Hopkins game against Penn State Harrisburg will take place at Six o'clock, and I was thinking about this. I couldn't understand. I mean, I understand a split gate. I absolutely get a split gate, but I couldn't figure out why. Basically, about a three-hour difference, right? Yeah, about three hours between games. Why that made any sense? And then it dawned on me. They probably are letting Yeshiva get back to their site, which they would before sundown, and then let them see the game live so they can scout it because they can't scout it otherwise. It's just my theory. Uh, I actually haven't gotten an actual answer to that. But split session is part of it, absolutely part of it. And the other part is most likely giving Yeshiva a chance to scout the game, not having it play earlier where then they'd have to go back on the tape. Long story short, that's just my theory. So that's the first game. The second game will be at 3.30. i got to double-check the schedule. Speaking of which, we should probably call that up, huh? I had it up earlier, and I just kind of blanked on it. Let's see here. Uh, here we go. That's what I wanted. There we go. Um, so the f next men's game after Yeshiva will be at 3.30. Be Susquehanna against Benedictine. That is at Wittenberg. Also, New England will take on RPI. That game at Tufts. Those are your two 3.30 starts. And at 4 o'clock, we have four games starting. Westfield at number one at 21. Middlebury at Brockport. 4 o'clock will be Christopher Newport against number 12. Colby at Stevens. 
Like Cumming will take on number 15, Elmhurst, at Worcester. And TCNJ will take on Marietta at Randolph-Macon. So those are your 4 o'clock games. On the women's side, their first game will be at 4 o'clock. It'll be William Peace against number, number 11, Oglethorpe, at Transylvania. And then they have a whole mess of 5 o'clock games to get things rolling. So we'll keep you abreast of things tomorrow. I am going to Johns Hopkins. I think Ryan's going to join me for the Yeshiva game. I'll stay for the Hopkins game. Uh, unfortunately, I can't be at any games on Saturday. And for those of you now asking about whip around, it will not happen this year. Uh, Ryan can get down for the game, but he's got to be elsewhere on Friday. So um, unfortunately, not be able to work out. And actually, I don't even think he can be down here Saturday. And Gordon can't get down on Friday. It was just going to leave me one man in the studio. And to be honest with you, that just wasn't going to be a good show. So we didn't do it. Uh, we'll try and do it again next year. Maybe now that we've figured out a little bit of the fundraising side or really the uh, sponsorship side of things. Um, hold on a second. I'm just seeing a note from Ryan Scott. Hopefully next year if we figure out some sponsorships in, in advertising, we can have whip around for sure. Ryan's saying lots of media outlets reporting Yeshiva's Hotel canceled their reservations for this weekend over fears... Huh, of the coronavirus. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm going to have to look into that. So you're going to have to bear with me as I literally message individuals. Um, if that's the case, that's that's ridiculous, as you can imagine. Um, I am sure they'll get this solved. I'm wondering if there's anybody else um, that's going nuts about the coronavirus. Listen, I, 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 I'm not trying to go into this, but let's let's just listen. It's it's obviously a bug that we're not used to, and we don't have an immune system for. There's no vaccine for. Let's just be smart. Wash your hands. Just be smart. Um, well, I don't think there's things to overreact about right now, especially canceling reservations. That's an odd one, especially uh, hotels that I suspect work with Johns Hopkins often. I'd be really surprised if there's some cancellations. That said, Yeshiva should be in town by now, so I'm sure things are being worked on and being solved as soon as possible. We'll keep an eye on that uh, as soon as we can. Um, oh, that's an interesting story. Oh, never mind. Sorry, not related to us. Jack says, uh, who are some of the hosts that you think are most likely to not make it to the second weekend? Well, some of these are easy. Like on the women's side, uh, Western New England is hosting, but Tufts is really the top seed in that bracket on the on that side. I, nothing against Western New England, but Tufts has been a number one team in the country most of the season, though hope is now. So that would be my easiest one on the women's side. Um, others that jump out at me. Uh, let's see here. Ooh, good question, to be honest with you. I think Transylvania women need to be ready for this weekend. I think Randolph-Macon will give them some challenges, and then Oglethorpe's in that pod. Remember, that's another one where it's it's hosted by ge geography. Oglethorpe's really the better seed in that pod. Uh, so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Transylvania women don't come out of that. Wartburg has been a really good team. But you got Wheaton, Whitman, and Monmouth in there. That that one's up for grabs. Uh, on the other side of the bracket, Marymount's a good team. 
But you got George Fox, Montclair, and Gettysburg in that grouping. I, I don't, I'm not sure. Listen, Marymount may very easily come out of that, but there's a very good chance they don't even get out of the first game. Trinity, Texas, you're going to have to go through Texas, Dallas, and then either Mary Harden, Baylor, or Austin. I, listen, Trinity's a good team, but easily could not come out of that. Um, Scranton side's interesting. I think Scranton's a really good team. The question is, is Christopher Newport better than them if both teams win the first-round game? Um, and I think that's it on the women's side off the top of my head. On the men's side, uh, Texas, Dallas is hosting. I really like them, but Letourneau's already beaten them this season. And Whitworth is certainly out to prove some things there, so that one would be one to watch. Brockport's undefeated at home this year, but Middlebury's in that grouping, so that'll be an interesting test. Of course, Coast Guard's trying to run the uh, Cinderella slipper as long as possible. Uh, Tufts men, eh, maybe not. Uh, Platteville men, you got St. Thomas and St. Norbert in that group with Platteville. I mean, there's, I, I, I don't think it'd be a shocker to see Platteville not come out of the weekend. Um, St. John's, listen, they're a good team. Rippon's proven that they're pretty decent. Whitman and Eau Claire are in that grouping. So I, I think there's a decent chance St. John's could not come out of that, even though I think St. John's is a darn good team. Emory, I think, should come out of theirs, but watch out on the other side with Center and Pomona Pitzer. Wouldn't be surprised if Worcester doesn't come out of this. Um, I, I think their game against Grove City is a fascinating one, but El Elmers and Lightcoming are on the other side. If Elmers comes out of that, I think Worcester might be in a little bit of trouble. Um, don't count out, I mean, the Mount Union grouping, don't count out York in the Wett Wittenberg grouping. You got Benedictine in there and Susquehanna, who not a lot of people know about. Marietta could easily come out of the Randolph-Macon one if the Yellow Jackets aren't ready. Uh, at Johns Hopkins, Yeshiva could easily come out of that if all things go according to chalk. I could see Yeshiva winning. I could also see Hopkins winning. Uh, Springfield and St. Joseph could come out of that easily. Uh, I think they're a darn good team, and Springfield's going to have their hands full if they can get past Canton and if St. Joe can get past Hobart. On the Stevens side, Colby sitting in there. No, no reason Stevens is an easy shoe in there with Colby Hyden. Even Christopher Newport there. Colby Christopher Newport's going to be a dandy of a first-round game. Wash U is sitting in the Nebraska Wesleyan pot. I like Nebraska Wesleyan, but Wash U could easily come out of there. And in North Central, you've got the defending champs in Oshkosh if they get past Transylvania. So I'd say about half the hosts could easily lose. So fascinating, to say the least. We'll keep an eye. Uh, that's a great question, Jack. Keep an eye on the Yeshiva news. I have messaged a few people. Oh, this is interesting. Maryland has now confirmed three cases of coronavirus, the first patients identified in the state. So maybe that's why the hotels are reacting the way they are now. Listen, the NCA has put a task force together. I am sure the committee is dealing with this. Um, Yeshiva coming out of New York. Maybe there's a, an overreaction by the hotel. Um this is what uh, I'm not going to get into the coronavirus stuff. Not going to get into anything about coronavirus per se outside of we'll keep an eye on that if it's true. But Maryland apparently reporting three cases now of coronavirus in the state and maybe the hotels have overreacted. We'll keep an eye on that news. See if it pans out as to being true. Again, we have a message out. We'll see if we get any reactions about it here on the show. Um, I want to quickly message something. All right, so there you go. Let's talk about who we have on the show tonight, shall we? 
Um, first and foremost, we will, uh, here's our guests list. Uh, we will keep talking, um, Cinderella with Coast Guard, uh, Kevin, uh, Jaskowitz will join us. The head coach of Coast Guard. We'll talk to him about repeating 2007. Not that this team has anything to do with that, but they certainly have a, a run. We'll talk to him. Steve Moore of Worcester will come on the show, how they're keeping his coaching legacy going for at least another weekend. Also, Brian Lane of Transylvania will join us. First time the Transylvania men's basketball team has been in the NCAA tournament in seven years. We'll talk to Brian about that. Chris Hussain from Chicago will join us from the number 18th ranked Maroons. Talking about getting through the UAA, winning that conference, and now on the road at Baldwin-Wallace. And we'll talk to Mike Miller, the number 19th ranked Messiah Falcons men's coach. Women's coach. Sorry. Mike will talk to us about his squad and what he's expecting. Looking forward to his opinions on that. Interesting. I just saw a glitch possibly with our fundraising side of things. It's supposed to have a, a scroll bar and I don't see it. So I'm going to have to fix that on that. And we will get that solved for anybody who wants to donate. All right. So if you got questions for us, tweet us at D three hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. email us Hoopsville at D three hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Let me double check the email address. It's scroll on the bottom of your screen. Hoopsville at D three sports.com. And, of course, at the same time, don't forget to uh, uh, chat with us also via um, YouTube if you happen to be watching. Um, we'll also love to hear from you there. Uh, our new donation system is to give butter. I just ran into it recently. It seems to be one that likes to take Venmo as a paying option, and I heard enough, enough people want to do it via, via that that we set it up. So there you go, folks. Um, we're going to take a break. We'll get back to things, see what's going on with the yeshiva. We'll keep an eye on that news, and we'll get going with our interview because we have a lot to get in tonight, and we want to keep them moving for sure. Coming up next, we will talk to Coast Guard's men's basketball coach, Kevin J uh, Jaskowitz, about things, and then we will uh, move on from there. If you've got questions for our guests, you're welcome to send them our way. We'll try and ask them as well. And at the end... I'll certainly give you a sense of where I think might be going on. Women's, I'm, I might make some actual picks. Men's, I'll be a little careful because I am calling the quarterfinals and semifinals, and I don't want anybody to think I've got favorites or anything. So we'll, we'll get to that a little later. You listen to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC Studios. Want to, first and foremost, before we get going, thank our partners at Sensible Sports Marketing. They're, uh, if you're your go-to source for promotional products, Graphics design, printing, and web design with solutions catered to fit the D3 budget. For a quote on your next project, give Get Sports Sense. Go to GetSportsSense.com or call them at 800-575-4765. I also want to thank our friends at Sport Tours International. Check them out at www.SportTours.net. If you're interested in putting a tour together with your team, whether it be to Europe, South America, Costa Rica, or somewhere else, they'll be happy to set that up. They also have tournaments, the Daytona and the Vegas version. Of course, Vegas is our D3Hoops.com classic. Always looking for more participants. Give Sport Tours a call or check them out online, www.SportTours.net. And if you're a coach looking to advance your career, give Capital Elite Agency a uh, check. You can go to their website, www.CapitalEliteAgency.com. Dot com. With that, we'll be back with more after this.
Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. I just wanted to get good grades and to do well. But it also made me realize that I have a lot of career goals. You're there to get a full college experience, not only participate in your sport, but participate in things outside of that. And it's all about growing as a person. My coaches have helped me with figuring out who I really am. Their lives are dedicated for us to succeed. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you got questions for us, tweet us at T3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Interact with us on our Facebook and YouTube simulcast. So if you're on the Blue Frame Technology stream, whether it's a OTT or our show page, don't leave that, please. But you can go to Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Interact with the show page, not an inbox. I'm not going to see the inbox until later if you're messaging us. YouTube as well, youtube.com slash D3Hoopsville. But again, if you're on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville page, email us. 
Hoopsville at D3sports.com. By the way, if you're on there looking to see that uh, right-hand side with the uh, fundraising stuff, refresh the page. I I realize another ad will run. I apologize, but it helps us. But at the same time, it will allow you to see more information about fundraising and giving if you're a Venmo person. Lots of people have asked us about Venmo. Uh, Dan asks us, who do we think is the most successful teams? Who has more successful tournament? I should say teams from Wisconsin or, or the NESCAC? Neither would be my answer. Um, listen, I think the NESCAC and the, and the WIAC might have uh, some teams that go lo- far, like one, but I don't think we're going to have a lot of them. Uh, I think it's with parity. I think you're going to have teams from all over the country. I think uh, Ryan's purview or, or prediction for, for who gets to Salem or who gets out of Salem is fascinating, to be honest with you. Uh, by the way, we're going to go back to this news about Yeshiva. Um, so a, a, apparently the, the report is, and I'm not positive this right now, but a port, according to the report, uh, Yeshiva has lost its, its reservations here in the Baltimore area. Um, now, Maryland has, and it's apparently regarding this coronavirus, or really it's a, whatever the term is, um, Corona-19, I think it is. Maryland has now reported three cases of coronavirus, but apparently, I want to thank Kurt for sending this along, New York has confirmed that a family of four uh, and their neighbor have tested positive. Um, and apparently one of those individuals may be a yeshiva student. And so that may be part of where this is. I have not been able to read through this article. Um, yep, he says his son attends Yeshiva University in Manhattan. So that may be part of it. I have reached out at least to one person. I'll keep reaching out to some others, see if we can get some information at least by the end of the show. I feel like I'm back in my old TV days. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on that story, see what's going on. Hopefully Yeshiva's not totally getting screwed up by this. But certainly fears of a, of a virus that none of us have immunity to. There's no vaccine, et cetera. It's a concern. The NCA has set up a task force. There's certainly other things that are in place. We'll keep an eye on this and see what's going on. By the way, those three cases in Maryland, the state is a big state. It, it spans a long, large area. I don't know specifically where they are because I haven't had a chance to look them up. Let's get back to the topic at hand, though. Coast Guard men's basketball, are, as I jokingly said, and I mean it, are kind of wearing the Cinderella slippers a wee bit early as they have entered the NCAA tournament thanks to being a five seed in the new Mac tournament upsetting Springfield, upsetting WPI, and getting the championship. They've been known to do this a time or two. It's always a good topic to talk about as a result. So joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it's the head coach of Coast Guard, Kevin Jaskowitz. And coach, first and foremost, as always, thanks for taking the time to join us on the show. I really appreciate it. No, thank you, David, and thanks for all you do for promoting Division Three basketball. We we appreciate it. Well, thank you. I, 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 it means a lot. Uh, your graphic didn't pop, folks. We'll fix the graphic. You know we're talking to Coach Jaskowitz all the same. Hey, 14-13, and 13, Coach, and you guys are sitting on a seven-game winning streak. As we mentioned, you put that Cinderella slipper on just a wee bit early. Not that that's <laughs> a problem with that, but you've this Coast Guard program has been known to do that a time or two, and it just feels like this is old hat for you guys. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was, I think the, what contributed to it was obviously just our back has been, you know, up against the wall for quite some time now. You know, we were facing elimination because not everybody gets into our tournament. Right. You have to qualify for the NUMAC tournament. So, you know, we were facing elimination there and, you know, we got going and, and uh, it feels good. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Uh, when you look at what you guys have done, I, listen, we, we talked on the, uh, I think I mentioned it on the bracket show uh, for the NCAA that Coast Guard had done this back in 2007. This wasn't anything new, certainly. 
for maybe Coast Guard. It's new for the program in the sense that these guys weren't around in 2007. How do you right. get them ready for a run like this and then and then kind of not only soak it in, but be ready for what's ahead? Right, yeah. And, you know, we, you know, it's always a goal. We're, you know, that was our goal, right, to, to get in, to qualify. And then we kept saying, listen, we got in it to win it, right? So, right. Um, and I think the fact that we had to play three games in five days, we really didn't have time to think about it. We were on to the next opponent. After we win, we're on to the next opponent. So I think that really helped us. And, and getting the day, having, you know, being able to play Sunday, but then take Monday off, come in to Tuesday, really practice, and then get ready. I think in those two days is where we were able to kind of soak it in. And then we focus, you know, and we focus and, and same thing. Like, okay, we're in this. And, uh, you know, we fought hard to get into the national tournament. And, you know, let's, let's prepare and do the same thing. Let's prepare and get ready and, and uh, play hard. Talking to Coach Jaskowitz here of Coast Guard with their team, 14 and 13. And, and you had a three-game slide before this seven-game run. And really, since oh, January, it's, it's, it wasn't a great run until you guys got into mid-February. What is working now or has been working to get you to this point that wasn't working just, what, oh, two months ago? Right. Well, I think some of it is, you know, just everybody deals, in, uh, particularly in January, everybody is dealing with – you know, injuries and illnesses and things of that nature. And so I, I really feel like once February came, we, that we started to play our best basketball because we were collectively healthy. You know, everybody was uh, everybody was healthy. But we also play in a great conference. Uh, you know, there's three other teams in our conference that are participating in, in this uh, national tournament. And so we play a great conference. And you can I tell our guys all the time, you can play really well and still not win in our league. And and I thought we had uh, I thought we were doing that. I thought we were playing. You know, well, we had a double overtime loss, you know, at Springfield. We had an overtime loss at, at Babson. So I thought we were playing well. We just weren't rewarded. And I thought our guys uh, did a terrific job of just really focusing on, you know, the next game. We always say that the next game is the most important one because it's on our schedule. And, mm-hmm. and I thought our guys did a great job of, you know, of embodying that. Talking to Coach Jaskowitz and, and Coach, the other thing that's interesting is, you know, Coast Guard can can always give a team uh, trouble. I guess maybe we should have known this when you guys took Springfield into double overtime, and you had a close game with them just prior to that. Uh, double right. overtime loss, one hundred five ninety nine, and just a couple weeks earlier than that, you had them ninety four eighty two. Unfortunately, in a loss, you used kind of that to spur on to the win. Is that just a matchups thing that you guys were playing so well that it matched up well, uh, or did you learn something from the other two games that you were able to take advantage of? I think just um, it's just style of play. We both, you know, we both play a particular style. We both can, you know, obviously we both can score, and so I think it's just that, and it's familiarity as well, right? You're you're familiar with your opponent. They're they're familiar with um, with you, and and again, I just give our I give our guys credit for really committing to, uh, you know, staying in the moment, and and that you know this game is important. The next opponent is the most important one. Yeah, well, the next opponent is Brockport. Uh, interesting. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. I'm kind of curious, the atmosphere, though, on campus. Um, yeah, obviously, you guys are a tight-knit community the way you are as a Coast Guard Academy. Certainly, the programs are close. What was the reaction as you guys made this run in the new MAC and into the NCAA tournament? Well, the immediate reaction, uh, I think, was that they were stunned because a lot of them saw the game. You know, they saw the halftime score of us, you know, um, in the championship game. So then a lot of them were stunned. But it was a terrific reaction. And I think, uh, you know, for me, I think one of my favorite was, uh, 
you know, coming into my badminton class and my whole class was kind of silent and then they just erupted. Um, <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. But all over campus, everybody, you know, there's a real buzz. Tonight's a, a big night at the academy. So tonight is what's called billet night. So all of the first class, mm. the seniors are getting their assignments tonight. We just had a, a, a billet night for our guys, and then they posted their assignments up on the board. And so, yeah, it's a great buzz, um, you know, all around the campus. And uh, we, we just have been getting terrific support. Uh, yeah, I, I'm familiar with that kind of uh, event over at, um, at Navy um, where I've done some work, and I know that's a big deal. So you guys right. made sure it was a, a big deal for the guys despite the fact they were missing it. Right. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. We um, – we, we, uh, Facebook lived it as well, so parents could see it. We had, you know, we have some parents up here. It's in the lobby. We did it in the lobby of, you know, of our hotel, and and then and then the nice thing is is that they started Bill at Night on the the stream with the broadcast by announcing our seven, you know, our seven guys um, and their assignments, and got oh. a, you know, big round of applause. So it was it was a really 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 cool night. Uh, any highlights out of Bill at Night? Um, I think the, I think the. I'm not sure I could comment on that yet. Okay. No, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I'm fine with that. It's okay. That's okay. I, I apologize, but no. I think in, in a couple hours I can. But we just they want to just make sure that we um we have to make sure that everybody gets their assignments before we announce. Sure. You know, I understand that entirely. <laughs> um, by the way, you were named Coach of the Year in the new MAC uh, for what you guys did. What does that mean to you? That's a terrific um, – first of all, humbled by it. Uh, our league has some of the best uh, coaches in the country. Uh, they're such good men, and they're and they're really committed to their student athletes. So I'm very very honored, um, you know, that they would uh, think of me, um, you know, in that in that realm. And just um, I think it's a great way to recognize all the hard work of my assistant coaches, you know, and and uh, and my players, you know. And that's what I told the guys. I you know my kids were congratulating me. I said we should. It's really, it's really uh, an honor for you and, and the coaching staff and all your hard work, and it's a way to recognize, um, you know, the efforts of the players and, um, you know, and the coaching staff and how hard that they've worked, uh, you know, for us to, you know, to get to where we're at. Um, this team obviously comes from all over the country. I noticed you stole four from Navy as they were naps. Uh, in case anybody's not familiar, that's the Naval Academy Prep School in uh, Rhode Island. I know you, you you pulled a few out from underneath them, um, and, and a couple of others from prep schools and, and the like. Even one from my neck of the woods, or a couple from my neck of the woods. Can you give us a sense of how you pull a team like this together? I know we don't we don't talk to you enough. I guess is is my point. I always like to hear the the way you guys pull this the squad together, considering the challenges. Right, I think. Um... It's the, the big challenge, you know. Is again, it's it's a it's a opportunity for us. We can recruit nationally, and so that's a great thing for us. And you know, it's no different than any of the other places that I've been at. Um, in that, you know, you just have to go and and uh, you, you know, you got to go where the players are, right? So you got to find the players. Where it's different than the other places is that you, you have to also identify somebody who not only can you know, play and play at a high level and who can compete and help you win games in the new Mac. But um, that individual also has, you know, has to want to uh, serve in the military. So that's, you know, that that's the real challenge. Sure. Uh, you're led by uh, Packy Wachowski, who was an all-conference selection, a senior at 17.7 points a game. He also had four rebounds. Uh, you have three seniors leading the way, and Noah Baltz at 13.5, Justin Kane at 13 points a game, respectively. 
You also have a sophomore in Tyler Perez in double figures, 11 points a game. We'll give sophomore Garrett Drummond some credit. He's at 9.1 points a game. Certainly on paper, those are the, is the core to it, but what's the real story behind this unit? Well, I think it's just through balance. I think our balance, I think our depth, you know, to give you an idea, in our run, we had three different players uh, lead us in scoring, and two of those players were sophomores. So I think, um, you know, I think that's what we pride ourselves on is just uh, the depth that we have, the balance, um, and, you know, the fact that they, they trust each other. You know, they trust each other, and, um, they, you know, they really just rely on each other and, and to, uh, to make the right play at the right time. Uh, talking to Coach Jaskowitz, if you don't mind, Mark Simon, before we get to the Oshkosh side of things, Mark Simon, your former broadcaster, decided to jump in on all of this. Nice. Uh, I know he's left you guys for, for, for another place, and I'm sorry for that. Uh, he said, what the heck did you say to the locker room at halftime, down 24? Was it something out of Herb Brooks in the, Olymp- in the Olympic hockey? <laughs> it was not. It was um, very much X and O. You know, so it was just very much X and O. We, we had to... Um, you know, WPI is such a good team that we uh, and, and great defensively, and so we just we just talked about a couple of things. We had two things that we talked about. It was an X and O, and then we just set a bunch of goals on the board. And the the goals are really simple. Whenever we find ourselves in that situation, we just want to cut it in half. In half. So in other words, we were, our goal first goal was to be down twelve with ten minutes to go, and then six with five, and then three with two and a half. And so we just focused on that um, and broke the game. Broke, you know, broke the half up into chunks and focused on those things, and and that was it. You know what I mean? And I just said to him, look, um, you know, I think the, uh, you know, I just told our group. I said, look, you know, we're we're better than this, and we deserve better than this. And and if we do these things, then I feel like we can reach these goals, and it'll get us back in the game. So that was it. You know, to be honest with you, our our guys are, you know, our guys are great group of guys. They're veteran guys too. They've played a lot. Even our, our younger players have played a lot. So. Um, you know, I think that, you know, that was it. Uh, Mark's going deep in the well for this one, if you don't mind. He says, yep. before coaching at Coast Guard, you taught high school history, including a class about how movies portray history. So yeah. if they made a movie of this Coast Guard basketball team, what would they call it? I told you, he went into the, he went into the well, man. Unbelievable. Well, thanks for putting me on the spot, Mark. Uh, what would they call it? That's a terrific... Um, that's a terrific question uh, that would definitely requires a little more thought, you know, but I think what, here's the most important thing that, that I would say is we ask our kids to be resilient. That certainly was on display. We ask our kids to be, um, you know, great teammates. That certainly was on display. And so I think, you know, just, just that, you know what I mean? Just, just that they were able to do those things and it was, you know, stay within what they were trying to get accomplished. Um, great competitive spirit that was on display, um, you know, and then just embracing the preparation. So embracing, embracing that plan, they embraced that plan and just said, all right, let's, you know, let's do it. What do we, you know, we have, what do we have to lose? We've got to play our best 20 minutes now, um, you know, and then let's see what happens. Right. And so they went and, uh, you know, and they were able to get it accomplished. So um, somewhere in there, there's, there's a title and I would defer to uh, Mark Simon to come up with that, come up with that. Oh, answer. well played, sir. Well played indeed. <laughs> Turn it back on the man. I like it. Uh, before we let you go, how uh, you're getting ready for Brockport? What are you seeing them? What do you think you can take advantage of? What do you think will be a challenge? Uh, 
Um, I think it's all challenges. They're just a terrific team, and you know you're playing them on their home court, and they're 13 and 0, and they're explosive, and they can score from a bunch of different areas on the floor. And so, um, you know, it's it's just going to be you know a challenge for us. We're, we're really happy uh, to have that challenge, you know. Um, but again, they they just present so many challenges. They're really good defensively, and um, you know we're going to have to we're going to have to just really kind of you know manage all of the things that they you know they can do in a game so it'll be a real challenge for us um you what i mean at this point you're playing with house house money right yeah yeah like you know i feel that way um but also you know like i said to the guys we you know we we came up here um you know we're in this tournament and and we made this long ride we want to we want to put out we always want to put out our best effort you know, and and stay with stay within the fundamentals of of what we're trying to get accomplished. That's the most important thing for us. If we you know we, we stay um, stay within our system and play and execute our system, and we always feel like you know we have a chance to win. Well, congratulations to say the least uh, on what you guys have accomplished. No matter how Friday night turns out, um, certainly impressive just to get to the tournament. And hey, I've seen Coast Guard teams nearly get to the Final Four, so anything yes. is possible, sir. We yes. all know that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Before I let you go, we always give the final word of the guest. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Uh, I just want to, you know, like I said, uh, just thank you again for all you do for, for Division Three basketball. You really, you know, put Division Three basketball, um, you know, on the map. And, you know, you've been, I think it's great that you highlight the great players, the great coaches that are in the league, and it's certainly great, um, you know, just for the sport. So I just really appreciate that and appreciate everybody tuning in. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're excited. We're excited about getting ready for this tournament. It's, it's a, you know, it's a great time of year for all the teams and, you know, the Coast Guard for Coast Guard and, and our Coast Guard fans, you know, we'll be out there playing hard for you. No, oh, I know you will. Uh, take care. Thanks for the time. And we'll look forward to watching you online. All right. Thanks, David. All right. Coach Jaskowitz joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate the time. By the way, Mark Newman suggested that uh, Perfect Storm would be the title. That's ripping off the, the movie. I don't know. I don't know if we can. By the way, Coast Guard having a role in that movie. Uh, I, I lived in Maine during that storm. That was insane. Um, by the way, update to Yeshiva. They have gotten a hotel downtown. I'm not going to give the hotel name out just out of due diligence, but it's a nice hotel uh, right in the Inner Harbor. So they've got a really nice place to... Uh, Relax, hopefully, for a couple of nights. Um, the New York Post article basically quotes um, Elliot Stein, Steinmetz, the head coach, saying, I made it very clear to the hotel that this is discrimination. I basically said to them, do you have a checkbox on your website that says it, it, that you've been in an area with suspected coronavirus? And they said, no. I said, it just says for guests for Yeshiva University. And they said, yes. I said, I told them then that's discrimination. Remember, Yeshiva has a case on its campus. Its campus is now closed for tomorrow. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we got to watch. This is, this is a dicey situation. Um, so, anyway, it, it's crazy. We'll keep an eye on it, but at least they've got a hotel. They're heading to practice. Things are good for them now. Hopefully the drama for them is over. I'll look forward to seeing them play at 1 o'clock tomorrow. We'll take another break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk to Steve Moore, head coach at Worcester. Um, well, his retirement plans have been put on hold. Let's just put it that way. We'll talk to him about all that. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More after this. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, 
hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. For the love of the game, that's what it's all about, they say. But for those of us who are Division III student athletes, it's more than that. It's more about team and the schools and communities we represent. And for the many of us blessed with the strength to compete in sport at the college level, we understand that with what we were given comes a special obligation. An obligation to help those who have their own special needs and whose love for the game is no less intense. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. Since August of 2011, we and others from Division III campus communities have volunteered more than a quarter million hours, time away from the classroom and practice field, reaching across the country to coach and mentor Special Olympics athletes. And to learn that in giving, we receive so much more in return. Help us keep that dream alive. Be part of it. Get involved. You can make a difference. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. I used to never really talk, ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, as we continue this rather interesting show tonight. Um, we're following the Yeshiva news. If you if you missed it at the end of the last segment, 
uh, we continue to file that Yeshiva had its hotel rooms canceled on them uh, in Baltimore County due to the coronavirus concerns. There is a case at Yeshiva that has just been discovered. Uh, the campus will be closed tomorrow. Um, but the hotel, unbeknownst to the team, canceled their reservations. The good news is the team has found new reservations. In my personal opinion, while they may not be in the community that is um, a very big Jewish hotbed here in the Baltimore area, lots of Jewish families around that hotel, they are downtown at a very nice hotel right in the Inner Harbor. If anything works out in their favor, that does. Uh, they are off to practice, according to what Coach Steinmetz is telling me, uh, and hopefully that is the last of their drama. In the meantime, Maryland has tested positive, or three positive cases that they're just starting to release. So there's a little bit of overreaction, clearly, by everybody. We'll be smart. We'll keep track if anything changes, but hopefully nothing does. All right, so one of the things I've been t struggling with all season was when was I going to get Steve Moore on to talk about Worcester? And there were so many great stories around Division Three. I didn't want to just get Steve on just to have Steve on and ha talk about retirement. I wanted a reason for it. And I felt like, well, if they don't make the NCAA tournament, we'll still get him on and talk about retirement, but we'll find a good reason. Well, his team found the reason. They qualified for the tournament automatically. Who knows if they would have been an at-large bid? We don't have to worry about that. That's the good news. Uh, and the better news is it gave us the perfect reason to have Steve Moore on the show. Give me a second as I just don't want to show you the one mistake I got. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Skype hotline is the head coach of the Worcester Scots for at least one more game, Coach. Welcome in. It's Coach Steve Moore. Thanks for taking the time, sir. Thank you, Dave. Good to be talking with you. Well, I appreciate it, as you know. Um, first and foremost, we'll get to the retirement in a little bit, but you got to be thrilled with how your team has responded late in the season to get a second win over Wittenberg, especially, and qualify for the tournament. Well, that's that's right, Dave. And as you alluded to, um, we were probably going to be a bubble team if we had not won the conference tournament. And uh, so it's really good to know. To, it was good to know that was Sunday that we were going to be playing and. It is good to be playing in March, that's for sure. <laughs> it is always good to be playing in March. You guys have been in, what, 18 straight tournaments now? Yes, I think that's right. Not that anybody's counting at home or anything. Um, that's remarkable in its own right, uh, the fact that you guys pulled it off. Did you have a sense, you, you said you might have been a bubble team. Did you have a sense coming in you might be a bubble team? Did the team kind of feel the pressure that, that maybe the AQ needed to be done or maybe you guys would be staying at home? Uh, I think all of us felt that we would be a bubble team, and you never know because, you know, you, you don't know how many upsets are going to happen across the country. So I don't know that it put pressure on our guys. I think it just motivated them more to know that they had to, they really needed to get the, the job done. Of course, you get your second win over Wittenberg. I was at Navy that evening. I hadn't seen the result. Um, there was a former Wittens, Wittenberg student assistant who's on the Navy women's basketball coaching staff, and he came. he and I – you know, made connection. He realized what I do. I knew, I knew his history. He asked me, what's the score? I said, I'll get it for you. And I brought the score back to him. And he looked at me with this jaw on the floor look. That game was close at halftime. What did you guys do in the second half to absolutely dominate and get such a big victory against Wittenberg? Well, um, I don't know, Dave, we didn't do anything magical. We just uh, wanted to go out and play good defense and and try to keep them off the boards. In the first half, they had 16 second half, uh, second chance points, uh, and then so that was a big emphasis at the halftime that we would not let them get that many offensive rebounds in the second half. So we did cut that down. Well, that's a big, big thing to do. You got two victories this season over Wittenberg. That's their two lone losses 
on the season. I know it's a big rivalry, but is there something about the matchup you guys have with Wittenberg that works so well for you? I don't really think so, Dave. I just think we played well those nights, and, uh, it, you know, we just had a, had a good basketball game last Saturday night. Um, I think that was really what it came down to. Well, that, there's nothing wrong with that if it works. Uh, you guys qualify for the tournament, as we mentioned. We'll talk about your team here in just a, or right now. Again, 21 and 7, 12 and 6. Coming into this, you guys had just lost in overtime to Bill Fenland's DePaul squad, and Wittenberg had tripped you up slightly before that. Uh, and, and everybody else in the conference had certainly given you a run. What was different about this season? What, was there any pressure the fact it was your last season, or was it just one of those years where things weren't always clicking? Um, we just had a lot of close games, Dave. Uh, we won we won quite a few close games in the league and out of the league. Um, um, our league is tough. It's gotten better. A lot of good teams in our league, and so um, I think we we just had, lost some close games with some good teams in the league. Yeah, that, I, I certainly would agree there. It's it's a tough league, and you know you guys certainly showed that with the wins over Wittenberg and and Wabash being in the mix. There was a lot of expectations from them this year as well. Um, again, about this squad, you come in pretty pretty well. Um, you got a lot of different weapons. It starts though with uh, Daniel Hempy, the senior, twenty four points a game, five rebounds a game, three assists a game. Uh, he also has a steal and a half a game. He shoots 50% from the floor. That's not even best on the team. 80% from the field. We'll get to the rest of the squad, but tell me a little bit about Hempy and how, how instrumental he's been over his four years. Well, Daniel's had a tremendous career. That goes without saying, Dave. Um, he's been an excellent player since his freshman year, and he's just gotten better each year. He really improved his defense from his freshman year to his sophomore year. And this year he's improved in some other areas, moving without the ball, which has helped his offense and um, passing has improved. So Dan's came in as a talent and he's continued to improve because of hard work. He's had a great career and we've been fortunate to have him play for us. That's for darn sure. Yeah, that is saying the least. Uh, Dante Williams, your junior, uh, junior is uh, second on the team at 15 points a game. By the way, he shoots 62%. Not that he takes a ton of shots, but when he does, he hits them. Uh, Keon Scott, a junior at 13.8, and then Trenton Tipton, a senior at nine points a game. Your leading rebounder, not surprisingly, is Williams at eight rebounds a game, though everybody really crashes the board. Everybody also hands out assists because the top three guys are all two and a half or better assists per game. Everybody gets into the steals action. This is very much a team-orientated unit, which I shouldn't be too surprised talking with you. Well, that's right. Obviously, Dan's was an outstanding player for us, but we've had other guys contribute a lot. And um, uh, you mentioned some other guys. Dante's had an excellent year for us. And uh, Trenton has just come on real strong toward the end of his senior year, which you like to see. He's been playing his best basketball the last couple of weeks here. Well, perfectly timed, as they say. Um, obviously, ahead of you guys is the NCAA tournament, and you guys will get a chance to host – Surprise! We played the video, by the way, of the team reacting to that news here on the show on on Monday night. I and I sensed a couple of guys started to take the cues from Brendan Gulick that they, that they may be the host. What was? Did you guys have a sense that that might be a possibility, and or was it just as big a surprise as it seemed? It was a big surprise to us, Dave. We we you know we thought that generally two teams in each region get to host, and uh, we thought that Mount Union and Wittenberg would be the hosts, and then. So we were very surprised. 
You now get to take on Grove City. This is an interesting squad. Coach Lamey, I'm sure you know him well. Um, he's got a team that is playing pretty darn good basketball for that program's history. What do you sense when you look at the matchup? Well, Grove City does a lot of things really well. They're extremely well coached. They execute at both ends of the floor. Um, they rebound really well. They have guys that really crash in there. We're going to have to do a good job on the boards. If they don't get the rebound uh, secure, they tip it out, so they get a lot of long rebounds. Their guards are aggressive and active. Um, they run the, a very movement-oriented offense, which is a lot different than most teams are running now, as opposed to all the ball screens that you see. So that's that's a kind of a different situation for us, guarding off the ball screens, cut, cutters to the basket. So we got to be ready for that. Have you seen anybody this season that can that is similar to Grove City that you can kind of reference? Well, Dennison does a lot of good movement off the ball. Not in, in a lot of ways, uh, not not exactly like Grove City, but similar in that they get a lot of off the ball screens. So yes, that, that I think uh, we talked about the way we had guarded Dennison. We would have to be the same way against Grove City. Uh, obviously, no matter when this season ends or how it ends, you will retire. You decided to hang it up, which I'm shocked by, to say the least. Uh, you'll hand it off to your uh, associate head coach of 20-some-odd years, which is impressive. Right now, you sit at 867 wins, 780 of them at Worcester. Of course, you started in my neck of the woods at Muhlenberg. That's number two in Division Three. Uh, it's number 12 all-time in uh, all divisions. And... By the way, we mentioned 18 straight. This is your 28th NCAA appearance. Uh, I know you got pictures of the family behind you, and I know that means a lot to you. Um, how tough was the decision to come to retirement, or was it an easy one? Um, it was time, Dave. Um, last season, at the end of the year, I almost decided that that would be the last one. And then uh, Coach Klein, associate head coach, who's been named the head coach as soon as this season's over, and my family said, let's go one more year. So so we decided to do it, but then decided to announce it at that time. And so that Coach Klein would be in place. So all speculation would be ended. So, um, but, but it's the time to do it. And um, Worcester program is going to go on with Coach Klein in charge. He's been uh, as much of a reason for our success as anyone over the years, first as a player and 26 years as a coach with me. So uh, it's going to go on with, with uh, much success. When you uh, looked at this season, was there any point in the year you went, you know, maybe I should have hung it up last year? No, no, I never felt that way. <laughs> because, uh, you know, even when you lose a couple of games, you feel like, hey, we can get better. We're just going to keep working. And that was the goal. Just keep improving and try to play our best basketball at the end of the season. And, and we worked at that and, and the guys believed in that. And it kind of happened. Certainly. Um, obviously, the season will come to an end in some way or, or another. Um, have you thought about what it's going to be like not to be uh, with a whistle in your mouth or a clipboard or, or, or an office with the plans on what you're doing the next game? I had really have not thought much about that, Dave. Uh, you know, just all season long, people would ask. I just said, well, I'm thinking about the next game, the next practice. And, uh, but I have to admit now that it's, uh, if you lose, it's over. You, you know, it's closer to happening. Um, but, um, I'll find some things to do besides spending a lot of time with the four grandchildren. And uh, there will be some things out there for me to do to be determined, but I'll find them. I have a feeling I was going to say you've got either grandchildren or kids that I'm sure you would love to spend some time with, maybe even enjoy some basketball games from a different vantage point. Um, how what, You said it was time, 
But was it still tough to come to this decision to walk away? Uh, no, I'm sure I'm going to miss some things. That's for certain. Uh, being with the guys each day, but um, but I, I knew that it's time. Um, you know, I, I still have energy to coach, I think, but not as much as I used to, and um, just feel like it's time. Um, so obviously the season will come to an end. You were nominated to be in the Basketball Hall of Fame, unfortunately not a finalist. It was a stacked crowd, to say the least. But what did it mean just to have your name on a nomination list? Oh, certainly uh, you feel honored very much so, Dave. But, um, you know, I guess uh, – when your career is over, you start thinking about some of those things. But right now, let's just play basketball Friday. Your, do you have any fondest memories of the career so far? Um, no, no particular one. Just, just the fact that so many of our former players uh, stay in touch and, and uh, uh, have good relationships with those guys. And uh, that's really relationships that you form and, and maintain uh, that's that's even better than all the wins and the championships. And, and that goes for the players at Muhlenberg College who I've stayed in touch with. And several of those guys came out for one of our games this year, and that was really neat having them here. But those guys, plus all the Worcester players, uh, just mean so much to me, and uh, I'm going to look forward to having great relationships with them continuing on. Yeah, I saw that, that gathering of Muhlenberg guys. I thought that was pretty darn cool, to it say the least. Coach, I would love to talk to you sometime once your retirement is fully in, invested, as it were, and uh, we figure out what you're really doing. But in the meantime, we'll let you get back to planning for your big game coming up uh, against Grove City and, and obviously a home crowd that will probably salute you justly. And as always, we give you, the, the coach, the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those tuned in? Well, thank you, Dave. Thank you to D3 Hoops, Hoopsville for everything you do. I want to thank all of our fans. I, I would be remiss if I did not thank all of our fans. We have great ones. And I want to thank Kevin Smith, who does a great job and set this up for us. I wouldn't be able to talk to you tonight without him. No, that's true. And I appreciate his, his help as well. Thanks for the time. Uh, again, I will get you on sometime down the road, but I'm going to miss our chats. Thanks for uh, an incredible career. Thanks for uh, always keeping Worcester in the mix, make our lives easy. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you somewhere down the road. Enjoy retirement, but more importantly, enjoy this weekend. Sounds good, Dave. Thank you very much. Thank you, Coach. Steve Moore joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline via Skype. Yes, thanks to Kevin um, for getting that set up as well. Appreciate his time. They got, again, Grove City coming up at home. Uh, of course, on the other side of that, uh, I'm double-checking because I can't memorize all of these. It is either Elmer or Lycoming. So great little foursome there. It'll be played at Worcester. Seems appropriate on the way out. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to Brian Lane from Transylvania. You'll listen to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. Plenty more Hoopsville ahead. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. 
Now go out there and take it. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no look pass and cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success and prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go into personal training and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. That's hoopsville at d3sports.com. You can also uh, email us or uh, join us on Facebook. Don't If you're on the Blue Frame Show, don't, don't leave that. But fra- facebook.com slash hoopsville and youtube.com slash d3hoopsville. But find other ways to communicate with us. Another update, because somebody... Asked us on Twitter in the middle of Steve Moore interview about Yeshiva if we had heard about it. Here's the deal. Yeshiva University men's basketball team's reservations at a hotel in the Baltimore suburbs, basically in an area where a lot of Jewish families reside, uh, had their reservation canceled on them unbeknownst to them due to coronavirus scares. Now, 
There's been some cases in New York and now most recently just reported today a coronavirus case that involves Yeshiva University, but not related to the team. Uh, the school will be closed tomorrow from what I read in the, in the newspaper report. Um, basically, seems like the hotel, according to Elliot Steinmetz, reported in the New York Post that uh, his quote is that he felt they were being discriminated against. I do know from what I've heard is that the community here in Baltimore, a very large Jewish community, is beyond ticked off. I can give you these two good news, uh, facts of good news. They have another hotel, found rooms uh, in downtown Baltimore. I'm not going to name the hotel, um, but a beautiful hotel, beautiful view of the, of the uh, Inner Harbor. They're in terrific location, and they are now at practice. We just tweeted out a picture of them at Goldfarb Gymnasium and the campus of Johns Hopkins. So they are proceeding their day as per normal they've got a game again tomorrow one o'clock against wpi if there's more news than that we will report it maryland does now have three cases of coronavirus in the state unrelated to all of this um so people are basically overreacting to say the least again we'll keep an eye on this if there's more news we'll share it all right talking men's basketball we're a little bit behind so i gotta keep things moving brian lane of transylvania is th certainly thrilled he's back in the ncaa tournament with his men's program seven years after the last time they were in and eight years after i was at transylvania with them in the ncaa tournament it's been a bit of a rough go at it as it were but they are they are clicking on all cylinders at this point in time and playing well we talked to brian earlier today as he's a little bit tied up in naperville illinois getting ready for his first game of course against the defending national champs in uw oshkosh so we talked to him earlier today about all of this if the graphic drops out and the audio continues we will fix it in due time bear with us we did an update to the system and it doesn't like our graphics but you'll at least hear the broadcast brian lane joining me earlier today joining us on the blue frame technology hoopsville hotline it's a head coach of transylvania men's basketball it is brian lane and sir welcome back to the tournament and thanks for taking the time to join us dave thanks it's always an honor to uh to be online with you and tell you what it feels feels good to be back in the ncaa basketball tournament oh i'm sure i know it's been a number of years i know you've been frustrated but it's it's and tell us a little bit what it's like to try and not rebuild the program isn't what i want to say but at least build back to where you wanted to be well last time we were in the ncaa we were uh 2013 and and we made it as an at-large in 2012 and 2013 and you know how hard it is to, to get in as an at-large, and being able to do that those two years was uh, with with a couple of really special teams was was tremendous. And then uh, we we hit a stretch coming out of that after we we graduated several really really good players, an All-American and a and a player that had had Spurlin not been an All-American, Brandon Rash would have been an All-American because mm -hmm. they they were competing for Player of the Year honors, um, and. Every day to practice, I look up at the banner and I, I would see 2012 and 2013, and I knew that we could get back to, to the level that we we had the program, just because of everything uh, in regards to the university and the location and facilities. We got everything in place with good coaching, and as soon as, as soon as we we were able to come out of here, um, I, we were really close last year. Got got beat in the finals uh, at Hanover by two points, and felt like. We were right on the right on the edge of being able to get it done, and then this year, certainly going into the season as a preseason number one in our conference, the expectations were high, but yet we got off to a slow start. Yeah, you did. I mean, won the first three games: uh, Wilmington, Ohio Northern, and Emory and Henry. 
But then you guys kind of uh, hit a rough spot, uh, lost two, won two, and then lost four or five and, and ended up losing five of seven. It was a rough spot right there between you know early December or really end of November and, and mid-January. How, how tough is, including losing two to center, how tough is that kind of thing to get out of? Well, it, it took a lot of soul-searching and it took a lot of guys being able to admit that we had some deficiencies that we needed to correct and if we didn't correct them we were going to continue down the path that of of just a a mediocre season when we really had the potential to be quite honestly I, I thought we could be sitting here talking you know a day before the NCAA tournament but um I think I I had a, a I've got a group of mature guys that understood when when we showed them and and just were very very honest about some of the things that we needed to to fix they 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 went all in and and once they decided uh to make those changes and listen and and do some of the things that we needed to do we went on a heck of a run and and only lost one game since since that uh, stretch so uh when you when you have mature guys we have two seniors Gabe, Gabe Schmidt who's an outstanding um basketball player and led was one of the higher uh, scoring guys in in the conference, and then Spencer McKinney, who really uh, I recruited him as a two man, a three man, and he's been playing four and five uh, <laughs> for us just because of his his size. But the leadership that he's shown from a vocal standpoint and getting people to to do what we need to do has been really really special, and I'm I'm proud of the way he's stepped up. You kind of you know you talk about the soul searching. Since then, you've won uh, twelve of thirteen and, and really thirteen of, of fifteen, uh, including kind of revenging against Hanover, who had, your, was your last loss before this run. You have a loss to Mount St. Joseph in the middle of it, but you know Hanover beat you ninety eighty, and you beat them seventy six seventy to sixty five at the back end of the of the season. And then you went into the tournament, and I'll have to admit the HCAC tournament it looked like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. You, you defeat Enders. Anderson ninety two eighty four, and then Rose Holman you win forty nine forty eight. Did you guys forget to play a second half of basketball? Well, we sat there and we watched our women who are having a tremendous year and, and currently ranked in the top ten in the country. Uh, we watched them score sixty in the first half, and we roll in there about two hours later and, and score forty nine total. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we we didn't shoot the ball well at all, uh, but. If we hadn't have made the adjustments that we did earlier in the year, we lose that game. But defensively, um, holding them, you know, under twenty eight percent from three and under thirty five percent from from two gave us a chance to win that game. And we walked out. I got an email or a text from one of my players at one a.m. that that night after the game said, mm-hmm. "Coach, can you can you believe we just won that game?" <laughs> and uh, it, but. Being being at home and being able to to do some of the things that we needed to do down the stretch defensively should give us a lot of confidence going forward. Certainly, you mentioned Schmidt, uh, the senior, sixteen point six points a game. Uh, he's also handing out two and a half assists per game. Uh, shoots pretty darn well, forty six percent from the floor, forty six percent from beyond the arc, and do not foul him. He will hit nearly everything he shoots from the charity line. But then it's it's really underclassmen after that. Two juniors in Jefferson and Gentry, a sophomore in Laramore, a freshman in Cromwell, kind of round out the scoring. The first three in double in double digits. Laramore, um, a sophomore. I'm sorry, at ten points. Cromwell, a freshman at six and a half, 
and then another senior uh, senior McKinney at six, uh, and Jefferson's leading the way with with uh, rebounds at six and a half, almost seven a game. So it's interesting. You've got a couple seniors there, but really it's some underclassmen who are stepping up. We really do. Michael ended up being a finalist for Player of the Year uh, in our conference, and what just an unselfish young man. He. He actually, this past week, just was announced that he's one of ten, ten finalists for yep. the Jostens Trophy, which was a one that certainly, as you know, one of the most prestigious awards that that can be received. But he, uh, he he's one of those guys that if we need him to score, he will score. Um, and there's a game. I mean, there were six games where he shot less than than six shots, and we went five and one during that stretch. Uh, you know, we needed him. Some games, uh, like the final game of the of the Heartland, he goes for 16, 12, 7 assists and eight mm. eight steals. I mean, he's on the on the edge of a, a quadruple double, and but he is high, high academic guy, big time in in the community with with his uh, community service, and I'm just proud of of him having having a guy like that that. If we wanted him to average twenty a game, he could he could do that easily. Mm. And but but having understanding that if somebody and that's one of the reasons why our, our team has been successful here uh, during the second half of the season was you know if they were trying to take take it away from him and he's an explosive guy, um, he he wasn't afraid to to give it up and and go all in. He scored a thousand points in the first round, uh, the the semifinal game of the NCAA, uh, the Heartland tournament. Yeah. And and after the game, we're bringing him out to the half court to give him the the award, and he had no clue that he was even close to a thousand points. Oh wow! Which, which tells you a lot about it because um, those of us that have been reached that thousand point club, there probably is not many people that don't at least have some <laughs> sense of where they are. He had no clue. No, wow. yeah. And, uh, usually, usually guys are counting it down in their heads, or or at least have some understanding that it's around the corner. Uh, right. Pretty impressive, not to have any idea whatsoever. You you quickly talked about the Jostens. Transylvania actually with two Jostens finalists uh, on both sides, uh, which is pretty rare for for one school to have both. Speaks a lot to uh, the student athletes that you have. Maybe a little bit to. Justin Sweeney's PR uh, efforts. Maybe he deserves a raise, but more about the student athletes, certainly. Yeah, Justin Sweeney obviously is one of those. He, he is one of the top sports information directors in in the country, and gives us a lot of lot of stuff from a from a standpoint of you know he's a great broadcaster. He uses words that I can't even begin to <laughs> understand what what they mean, uh, but. But he also understands that the job is to not only to administer games and do all that, but really just promote the student athletes we have and and that the athletes that we have um, are, are special and uh, there are special players, student athletes all across the country. But we're lucky with Shelby, Shelby and Michael both being in the NCAA tournament, both mm-hmm. of them being so unselfish on their teams, and then being finalists for the Justin's Award was. Was neat. Those uh, those other guys that you mentioned, Zach Larimore started throughout the majority of the season, and coming in as a sixth man has scored twenty points in in several games. Cromwell started; uh, he ended up being the Heartland Freshman of the Year, uh, and and I had him. 
I had him starting on the JV team at the beginning of the year and not hmm. playing any games in, in varsity. But they're, they're eventually, eventually, sometimes the coach gets smart and listens to people, and we say, okay, we got to <laughs> shut him down and, and make sure that that we never get ahead. Uh, you know, with the 25 games, uh, we were. I'm I'm really glad we were smart enough not to to get him ahead because once he got into the lineup. Uh, I think we've only lost two games. That's impressive. Uh, let's talk about, before we let you go, obviously the, the the matchup you have ahead of you. Welcome back to the NCAA tournament. Oh, by the way, you've got the defending champs in UW Oshkosh at North Central. Um, I would say that's a, a pretty interesting matchup with you guys as, as they bring a few challenges, I would say, on paper. They bring several challenges, and the more video I watch, the more video I don't want to watch. Um <laughs> They they they're starting six three six five six five six seven six eight, which puts us in a in a precarious situation defensively. A couple in, in a couple different areas, but um, you know when when we've been when we've been in the NCAA tournament, we one year we played Worcester at Worcester in the first round, and then last time Illinois Wesleyan at Illinois mm-hmm. Wesleyan in the first round. So being able to play a neutral game. Uh, on the first in the first round, I think was a was a big key, hopefully for for a little bit of success in that. But the the defense, you know, uh, Fravert and uh, Flynn are two two tremendous players that played in on that national championship mm-hmm. team, and then and then uh, Matt's done a tremendous job of, of working some of these other guys in to a uh, to a lineup. I know the expect. I can't even imagine coming in into a season coming off of a national championship um and and having to recalibrate everything and get get going and uh while they while they started maybe a little little slower there there at the beginning they were kind of like us mm-hmm. once they got it, once they got it figured out uh there's no looking back yeah absolutely uh the, i agree with you it, it seems like very similar teams in, in terms of where they were at one point in the season and then kind of the light bulb moment and and things progressing from there brian i could talk to you forever you know that uh, i'd love to but we got to let you go and i know you got to get ready for your games and and focus on more important things but i do appreciate you taking the time to chat with us as always we give the the guests the final word any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in there's a couple things one one is i know that you're in part of uh, a fundraising campaign and and just the amount of effort and time that that you put in and the sacrifices that your family makes uh, is is truly amazing. You, we we need to get Venmo because every one of our every kid in Division Three needs to Venmo you something. Um, and when you're talking about over 400 schools with with 15 players, we we could probably raise that pretty quickly because I think there's not a day goes by that that most uh, colleges most coaches don't don't use your your all's website and, and and all that and and what you're doing with the the weekly radio show is is tremendous and uh, that, that's one thing so we need to get you venmo okay the second thing is we had a um, we we had one of our our harlan conference coaches retire uh this this mm-hmm. past week uh carrie prather at franklin um it's not very often that a basketball coach will retire and become the the president of the university uh but after after 37 years at franklin he he did that and 
I played against Coach Prather uh, when I played for my father at Transylvania. He was on the the bench at Franklin, and then and then when I came into the league, you know, he he really uh, helped me understand Division three because I had spent ten years in Division one as an assistant, and it's an entirely different animal. Um, and I just have always appreciated his friendship. Uh, his son, uh, even though he played for for Franklin, I would have him come down and, and work my basketball camp. Um, I've got a picture that I took during that last game with with Robbie, his son, on the bench, and and his his wife right behind the bench, uh, videoing. Uh, and I just suspected that that was that was going to be his his last game. And uh, just a wonderful ambassador for Franklin College and a wonderful ambassador for the state of Indiana basketball. But um, it doesn't happen very often that that a guy stays. At, at a school as long as he did and just the amazing friendship that, that I've been able to cultivate with him is something that I will always cherish and also when, when he came to our, our, our game we had uh, I, I put the, the Franklin seal on on the bench and put secret service uh, <laughs> signs on, on both sides of the <laughs> both sides of his chair so that he, he would have a special place to, to be but uh, that is a long winded Thank you, Kerry Prather, for all that you've done for the, the National Association of Basketball Coaches and for coaches in general. Well said, sir. Well said indeed. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good luck against Oshkosh and enjoy the Chicagoland area, and I look forward to talking to you in the near future. That sounds great. We, uh, we don't need to wait this long between, no. between stops. <laughs> this is true. I hope we don't. Uh, That's right. Take care of yourself, and I'll talk to you soon. That sounds good. Thank you. Absolutely. Brian Lane joining us from Transylvania here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate Coach coming on the show earlier today to do that. Uh, appreciate his time. So he spurred us. The, he's now a few people that have said we need to do Venmo, and so we've done Venmo. We keep the, excuse me, the campaign going. The only way we could do Venmo was through a company we found called Give Butter. So I put it on the Facebook uh, stream. I'll put it on the YouTube stream shortly, and I will put it on Twitter here shortly. Keeping the campaign going, you can donate through PayPal, Venmo, whatever you want to do. We'll keep it going. Uh, a suggestion from Coach. We appreciate him doing that. Speaking of which, he talked about Justin Sweeney, the SID at um, Transylvania. Great guy. We've known him for a long time. Um, interesting enough, he's had some other greats who've gone through that gym. Eight years ago, Brendan Gulick and I met in person, though we knew each other prior to that at transylvania at the ncaa tournament there i my color person the day before was a person named stacy stacy Corey, stacy Corey ledoux she was brockport's former sports information director she's she's now the assistant direct um assistant commissioner in sports information at the hcac the conference the heartland conference so kind of appropriate that some really good talent has gone through the doors in some capacity at Transylvania. It was fun for Brennan and I to meet up on uh, on Monday to do the bracket shows. He and I will be calling the quarterfinals and semifinals for the Division Three men's uh, weekend in Fort Wayne. And anyway, small world. All right, we're a little bit behind, so I'm going to keep things moving here. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll switch gears, talk women's basketball, and we will start with the 18th-ranked Chicago Maroons. Are they maybe a little bit undersung, a little bit under the radar? Both of our women's teams may be that way, and we'll start with Chicago. Coach Carissa Sane joins us to talk about her team, what she thinks they do well, what she thinks they can do better, you know, the usual, and what they will do at Baldwin-Wallace while they many thought they might be at home. 
You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville after this. has given me the flexibility to pursue my passions and my interests and I've recreated my identity for myself aside from just being an athlete. My greatest personal discovery has been that I am capable of doing things that I didn't know I was capable of doing. To be able to study what I wanted to and continue to play the sport I love, all of those things came together very nicely in one package in Division 3. Cheer for the stumbles. That he should have had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. It's on us. It's on all of us and it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. 
We are the WBCA. Welcome back to Hoopsville. As we continue on this Thursday evening, if you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3sports.com. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville and YouTube at youtube.com slash D3Hoopsville. Though if you're on our Blue Frame Technology stream or on the OTT app, please do not leave those. Those are good spots to watch the show. You can use email and other side uh, ways to doing it. All right, so women's basketball we'll switch to now, and the Maroons of Chicago have won the UAA Conference title and automatically qualified for the tournament. If you look at their season, there's a lot of things that you should you know, kind of raise your eyes at and take notice of. But for some reason, it feels like they're flying a little bit under the ra- radar. They'll take on LaRoche coming up this weekend at Baldwin-Wallace in a game that uh, I think many people will keep an eye on for sure. Uh, there's a lot to talk about with that one, but I think more importantly, it's one to keep an eye on because I think it's a chance for either program certainly to prove themselves, but maybe Chicago to step out from maybe um, or into the light maybe is a better way of saying it. For some reason, it feels like Chicago's just flown under the radar. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, their head coach, Carissa Singh, joins us. Coach, first and foremost, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for thinking of us, for thinking of me, and um, I don't know, giving us some press here before we go into the into the tournament. So very flattered. Absolutely, I, I I say under the radar because I feel like I don't know. I feel like there just weren't as many headlines about Chicago this season, and certainly been on my radar. Tried a couple times to maybe think about getting you guys on the show, but I always wanted to wait a little longer. That's always my mistake. It was was the conference as competitive as usual, and so we just missed it, or was there maybe a difference in the conference that just allowed things like this to slip through? Um, no, I think it, it was as competitive as usual. I think um, I, I think it was a great year. It was a really interesting year, as you know, the ins and outs of the conference. I think um, Rochester had a player, a very good player for them, who was her for part of the conference season and part of their whole season, um, which changed their dynamic. I thought, um, you know, Case Western has a really interesting story with their start, and then the start of their conference season was incredible. Um, they were just really, really good. Emory obviously, as always, comes in really, really hot. Um, you know, Wash U is always a rival game for us, so that's always a huge game, but they have, um, you know, they went through the middle part of the season with the conference season only losing one game. I mean, just, just individual stories that um, that kept the league very interesting the whole way through. Yeah, I certainly agree. Case Western, a great example, um, to say the least. Kept people kind of uh, maybe distracted for a while. And I guess we all kind of expect Wash U to have their prototypical season. This was an anything but prototypical year, ending a 30-year stretch where they make the NCAA tournament. You guys, again, winning the AQ – uh, you've won five straight, but your losses have come in spits. Uh, you had two losses <laughs> at the beginning of the year against Illinois Wesleyan and, and UW-Platteville in games two and three of the season. You had a solo loss against the aforementioned Case Western Reserve, and then you had two losses against Emory and Rochester. So so they kind of came in little moments. They didn't really kind of come in any bit of pattern. What do we make of that? What did you guys make of that? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, um, <laughs> I've never really been all that concerned with um, with losing, I think you learn so much from losing. You learn so much more from losing um, than winning sometimes. And um, we were in positions twice with um, two consecutive losses that were really just brought out the best in us. And so kind of the, the best of times, the worst of times. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, so we had these kind of stumbles, and what came out of those were really, really incredible moments for this team to figure out who they are and um, who they want to be and, and go do that, you know, and go put it out there on the court, whereas maybe it wasn't so clear to them um, before those losses. And so we're okay with all of that, you know, and that's part of the story and that's part of the process. And, um, you know, we kind of – I really value those those times. So, um, yeah, you'd love to win them all, and it stings when you don't, but – um, when you come out, you know, you wake up the next day and the sun still comes up and then you figure some, some things out maybe a little bit more um, efficiently than having had one. So um, we look at them positively, and other than that, we don't really make much of it. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, some inter- you know, some of the losses are to teams that uh, wouldn't shock anybody in a normal week. I mean, the fact that Rochester tripped you guys up I don't think is, is earth-shattering. I think it's more interesting that you lost on back-to-back games um, granted, it was the second time through in back-to-back weekends and both games on the road. <laughs> is, is that in the UAA one of those where you just check that off to it's, it's a grind? You're playing the same opponent a week after you just played them, and this time we're taking the hardest road, which is the Rochester-Atlanta trip. Yeah, that's, um, it's always a really tough road trip. But, um, no, I don't, think I, I don't think we ever thought about it in a sense of where you know, like, oh, we're just going to chalk this up to, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like we didn't play very well, and we're trying to figure out how we can play better. And so that's how we approached both of those games. The second half of the Rochester game was actually, like I said, a pretty defining moment for this group. I thought we just showed an incredible amount of fight. Um, didn't come up with the victory, but, um, you know, kind of what we learned in that moment was, was a lot about ourselves. And so I thought that that was really great. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I try not to think too much about kind of the, the other variables and keep it about the basketball. Sure. And when you look at the box score, three seniors leading the way along with a freshman and a sophomore, uh, Taylor Lake, uh, a senior at 13, really 14 points a game, uh, 14 points a game from Mia Farrell as well. Uh, 12 and a half points a game for Miranda Burt, all three of them seniors, a freshman in Grace Hines at 10 points a game and a sophomore in Claire Steffens at 8.9 points a game. But then there's a bit of a drop-off from there. The next highest score is half that total, Lucy Schmid at, at 4.1 points a game. What do we make about the fact that you got five who clearly get a lot of points, and we should point out Steffens leads the way at eight rebounds, and then there isn't a ton of scoring, at least in the box score, after them? Not a whole lot. I mean, I just think that there's or young underneath, you know, kind of these um, the senior group that's leading the way, and they're still learning and they're still, you know, kind of figuring out. You know, I think there's a lot to our offense and to our defense, and so in the process of learning, you hope that they can, you know, kind of find their moments. And I think, um, you know, I think Mallory has had some of the mo- those moments. I think um, Alina and Katie and Lizzie and Peyton. There's just a lot of kids that are kind of having moments that if you look game to game, um, there are really bright spots for individuals within that. I think to look at the whole box score kind of um, doesn't do what they have done for us justice. You know what I mean? Um, I really think that they have had some really big moments for us and um, big plays and stuff like that. And that's kind of what fuels us and helps them to get better and stuff like that. But, um, you know, the, the three at the top are good, you know? <laughs> so um, we talk about taking good shots and bad shots and it's tough to find shots for those three that aren't good shots for them. Um, they know how to put the ball in the basket in a variety of different circumstances. And so, um, you know, the, 
they're really good and they're really experienced at doing those things for us. So um, that's kind of how I see it playing out a little bit. But I do think that there's more underneath they're kind of, uh, you know, coming off the bench for us than maybe the box score indicates. Sure. Uh, you've got La Roche ahead of you, uh, a program that maybe not many people would know a lot about. I wouldn't be surprised if you were kind of doing some research you hadn't done in a while either, or do you lean on your UAA mates in Case Western Reserve and Carnegie Mellon maybe a little bit to say, hey, what do you know about this squad? Yeah, I mean, I have some Carnegie Mellon roots myself, so yeah. um, I did know you know who they were and um, you know have been familiar with them. I mean, they've been very um, successful in that league for a long time, um, maybe even going back to like just after I was done playing, which was a long time ago. <laughs> um, you know, so they've had a lot of success, and I know a lot of people don't necessarily might not recognize the name, but from a Division three perspective, when you look at teams that get teams pretty regularly, there's certainly certainly a team that does. Uh, of course, the games at Baldwin Wallace. Was there any disappointment you guys couldn't have stayed at home at the Ratner? Oh, you know, what would March be without a six-hour road trip for the Chicago Maroons? So uh, we're just thrilled to be here and thrilled to still be playing. And, um, you know, man, we we really enjoy these moments. And, you know, so that's one of the things that, you know, our league does travel a lot. But um, I love traveling with these guys. And so to get another road weekend with them, yeah, we would have loved to have been at home. But um, it's so much fun to be on the road with them and hanging out with them that um, this is just as fine for me. So <laughs> we're, we're happy. We're fine. <laughs> yeah, fourth straight tournament. Of course, uh, this is about the most time you spend in the bus. Normally, it's more about the airlines yeah. <laughs> than it is about the bus. Four year, or Three years ago, this has been the fourth tournament in 2017. You guys were at St. Thomas, beat Wartburg, and then St. Thomas tripped you up. Interesting enough, the next year, went to St. Thomas again. Uh, beat Wisconsin Lutheran, lost to St. Thomas. And then last year you went to Transylvania where Oglethorpe got you guys in the first round. Can you take anything from those experiences into this weekend? Uh, I know there's probably pressure to to win and to um, uh, get past the first weekend, but can you use any of the experience from last year or the previous three? Yeah, I mean, the same experience that kind of has helped us to this point. You know, these seniors have this is exactly what we know in March, you know, is to go on the road and, um, you know, have a, a good first round opponent, have a really good second round opponent. Like this is just kind of exactly what we would expect. And so in a lot of ways this weekend is just like every other one. Um, and so that to me is a good thing. I think, um, you know, a lot of people don't know this about last year, but we didn't have um, Lizzie Shaw, who was our she was a freshman at the time, but she was our backup point guard, and she didn't play in our um, our game because she got a concussion in practice that week, and that was like a that was kind of a major setback for us. You know, that really changed our dynamic a little bit, and had to move some off guards to play the point guard and stuff like that. And so, I think we're just like really happy to be, you know, kind of relatively because we're not at full strength right now, but um, relatively we're happy to have people. Um, you know, that are that are ready to go and excited to be here. And I do think our leadership at the top is, you know, like I said, they're not, yeah, it would have been lovely to be at home in Chicago, but they're not, this is not anything new to them. And mm -hmm. so in some ways they're just as excited for this as they would be if we were at home. And so that trickles down to all, you know, we, we have 11 underclassmen. And so with our seniors being so excited, it's just excited you know, the whole team gets excited for things. And so, um, you know, so there's, it's all good, you know? <laughs> sure. No, I get it. Um, not to look ahead, but I, I, I haven't asked this enough tonight. How do you prepare 
not knowing what you may or may not face the next night and either host Baldwin Wallace or, or whomever, how do you, how do you prepare for this weekend? You're used to knowing the two opponents on a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh well, it certainly makes it a lot more fun to play some new teams and um, just learn some new styles of basketball and watch some new players and, um, you know, scout. That's one of the fun parts of the game, but um, really what you hope to have in these situations is just a really, really good staff. And so I'm really lucky that way. Um, they will have us completely ready to go regardless of who we are playing. And I have a lot of confidence in them and um, a lot of confidence in this group to kind of absorb things quickly and, um, put them into play and understand the game plan, you know, kind of rapid fire right now. But this is the fun part. You know, there's a lot of adrenaline and, um, you know, it's just survive in advance. And there's just a lot of cool things, neat things that come along with the focus you get from your players and from everyone um, when it's this time of year. Sure. Well, Coach, I really appreciate the time and giving us a sense of, of, of the Maroons this season. Obviously a tremendous season to this point. I know you guys have a lot of work left to do and You'd love to still be playing next weekend. So I appreciate the time you gave us. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Oh, just thank you for having me. And obviously, um, you know, thank you for all that you do for Division Three basketball. But I don't know if this audience knows that you're a huge Division Three advocate for other sports as well. And so thank you for all of that, for all you do for Division Three, not just Division Three basketball, but all of the D3 world. So thank you. Well, thank you, Coach. Yeah, you guys might know my other exploits, too. Uh, <laughs> they're at UChicago. I appreciate the kind words. Thanks so much. Good luck this weekend. We look forward to talking to you down the road. Okay, thanks so much. Absolutely, Coach. Uh, Coach, joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Yeah, I've gotten used to having you, Chicago, at the women's and men's uh, championship weekends for uh, for soccer, too. Love doing that, um, and I love doing women's lacrosse. I, I just love Division Three. If I could make this a true career, folks, trust me, I would. You'd get sick of this studio, but I would in a heartbeat if we could make this a real paying job uh, somewhere down the road, which is why the fundraiser, by the way, exists. Uh, again, U Chicago, 20 and 5. They will take on LaRoche um, in uh, Baldwin Wallace. I'm just double checking because I can't memorize everything. Oh, yeah, Baldwin Wallace has Haverford on the other side. Bobby Morgan's squad against Baldwin Wallace. That's going to be a good one. Uh, looking forward to that. That whole weekend should be a set of really good games. Take another break. When we come back, we will talk um, women's basketball with Messiah women's basketball coach Mike Miller. You listen to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops Hope after this. has given me the flexibility to pursue my passions and my interests and I've recreated my identity for myself aside from just being an athlete. My greatest personal discovery has been that I am capable of doing things that I didn't know I was capable of doing. To be able to study what I wanted to and continue to play the sport I love, all of those things came together very nicely in one package in Division 3. Cheer for the stumbles. That he should have had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. 
There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue on this Thursday evening, if you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. You can always uh, um, email us, hoopsville at D3sports.com. We're simulcasting on Facebook and YouTube as well. Um, we may have an update on the Yeshiva story. Uh, uh, let us get us through this next segment. Then we will uh, see if maybe we can actually talk to Elliot Steinmetz. We're working on that. We may get him in before we wrap up tonight's show. All right, staying with women's basketball, Messiah women's basketball is 23-4. and four. They ended the campaign in the MAC Commonwealth 15-1, and one, and they have won a whole host of games in the meantime. Uh, they've been undefeated since the beginning of the new year. Back on, on, on January 8th, Widener tripped them up at their place, 75-62, and since then, Messiah has been undefeated. That was the end of a three-game losing streak, and they are rolling ever since then. Something is certainly right the right of the ship. I remember talking to Mike Miller a few years ago, and he talked about wanting to peak at the right time. We had him early in the year, and he said, hey, by the end of the year, be, be watching for us. He was right. Once again, end of the year, we're watching him. He's number one in the region. They're number 19 in the country, and they're hosting the NCAA tournament. They'll take on Keystone, a fellow um, uh, Pennsylvania State team. 
And joining us on the Blue Frame Technology is the aforementioned Mike Miller. Coach, as always, thanks for taking the time to join us. Oh, my pleasure. I'd love to do it. Um, I, I'm, I don't know if, I, if my reference to an interview you and I had a couple of years ago is fair. You guys did get out to a 5-0 and start and a 9-1 and start before that three-game slide. But since that three-game slide, you have been playing tremendous basketball. You've absolutely dominated this conference for the most part, a conference that featured three teams in and out of the top 25 in the regional rankings, et cetera, and, and Albright and Widener along with you. How do you characterize what you guys have done this season? Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's good. First of all, you know, just feel blessed and fortunate. Um, uh, life can be unexpected, and sometimes there's a good unexpected, and I think that's what's happened to us this year. Uh, team chemistry, um, kids that really, really care about each other, um, and never um, just, just playing the next game, not feeling any pressure. And it's just a lot of those intangibles have come together. We obviously have some talent, so I don't want to discount that. But, sure. um, but they, just, um, they just really want to play the next game and just really enjoy competing. Um, and uh, and we've, been, we've been fortunate in one of the toughest leagues we've had in a few years. Yeah, it's interesting because the, on the men's side, it was very different than what I've been used to in the past. On the women's side, I felt like we were back to having a multiple head race, as it were, multiple teams who were in the, in the chase for the top. But the, the middle and bottom, I, had, I struggled to grasp how competitive it was. We should point out half, this, half the league was above 500 in terms of in-conference and, and regular season records um, with four teams below uh, 500 in both those categories. Do give me a sense of how challenging it was because I, even though I'm here, I didn't quite grasp where the competitiveness really was outside of the top three. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it really has improved. Uh, Vernie and Hood, um, you know, have more wins. More, they're more competitive. Uh, they've been they've been near the bottom a little bit, um, but I think that's you know our strength of schedule. That's one of the reasons we're hosting, and that's our league did so well uh, outside of our league, um, and and that's from top to bottom. So our you know we've been really competitive that way. Uh, Stevenson uh, is always you know always a test. Uh, you know, we, we um, you know, they actually beat Albright and Widener at Stevenson this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually kind of glad that we were the third one to go into Stevenson. <laughs> uh, so like, you know, all, you know, everybody's eyes were open. Uh, like you gotta be, you gotta be, you know, play your best. Jackie does a great job for those kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I think, you know, those kind of, those kind of situations, um, you know, you just, you just watch and, and this year, this particular team this year actually did look around and see what other people were doing. A lot of times the kids just, do their own thing and play the games and aren't we really aware? Uh, mm-hmm. They they knew like they knew all along like what other teams are doing and how they're playing each other and um, so yeah so I think um, you know it, we just uh, developed some really good chemistry after losing um, all the all the seniors we lost last year. Sure. Uh, it just took a little while to get together. Marymount tripped you guys up earlier in the season and, and I don't think anybody was shocked by that only because I felt it was Marymount's official coming out party. They've always right. been good, and they've certainly been on a mission from last year. They got you 54-51. But what jumped out at me was Mass Boston, Emerson, and Widener getting you with three in a row. Now, Mass Boston at the time seemed to be world killers. They couldn't be consistent, but they got the top teams when they needed yeah. to. Then Emerson yeah. got you in overtime, both those games taking place in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Then mm-hmm. you come home a week later, and Widener gets you at their place. What was going on in that 10 days, let's say, where that three-game slide took place. Yeah, I think uh, for us first, and, and even the Marymount, like we, we had some good wins over Gettysburg and Christopher Newport uh, to start the year. Um, and then we went down to Marymount, and our, that's the first time. And, and losing the, the five seniors and two All-Americans 
uh, from the previous year. Like, our kids didn't quite understand, and I didn't really tell them either. Like, Marymount didn't get into the NCAAs. Like, we were there, you know, we were there Super Bowl for a November game, mm-hmm. you know, December game, and they had to beat us for strength of schedule, and, and they just, they just not, you know, they just opened the game, just punched us in the mouth, and <laughs> I was really happy, and I just, I was really happy how we responded. We came up short, but we, you know, we, we kind of pulled it together. So then we did great, and we just kind of lost our way. Um, we're a defensive team, and, and we just kind of lost our edge, the younger players, especially with, uh, you know, you go into finals week, you have, you know, 12, 14 days off, you have one practice. Mm-hmm. And you go play, and the thing is, everybody's doing that, and we tend to handle these situations real well. Uh, we just lost our like intensity a little bit, like what it really means to compete. Uh, and then and you match Boston, just I mean, they just outcompete us, um, you know. And then we, you know, kind of did that when and I think we were kind of feeling a little bit licking our wounds when we went to Widener coming out of there. Um, but the kids, then the kids' responses after that was, "What do we need to do, coach?" And it's like. We need to pass the ball a little bit better. We need to defend a little better. So sure. that's what they did. Yeah. By the way, I misspoke about Mass Boston. They're twenty and seven this year. I was thinking about oh, yeah. A, yeah. a loss they had later in the year that made me think they had had more losses. But you know, they yeah. had knocked off a manual at that point. They had knocked off you guys. They knocked right. off a couple yeah. of undefeated. The only thing right. that jumps out of me that's kind of odd to your schedule is you played a non-division three to start the season in Lehigh Valley. Um, was it just that you you just needed a game? You couldn't find one. No, it's uh, we had in a tournament, and I just oh, take, true. Uh, yeah, and I just take first three people. I don't try to ever think it. First three people that want to come, they come. So I don't. Yeah, and then uh, the other two teams didn't want to play them, so we played them. Yeah, I was going to so, say uh, trying some... to be a good host. Yeah, yeah. trying to be a good host, and so it's you know it's pretty simple in that sense. Mike, um, I have a feeling the others didn't want to play them because they're worried about their criteria. You don't you don't worry right. about that? Um, no, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, don't get wrong. At the time, I was thinking, but the, the bottom line is, like, I'm the host, and yeah, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be hospitable, and they didn't want to play him, so I did. So, <laughs> and, you know, that was that was like, you know, in some respects, my hands were tied based on sure, time, sure. how I do things. Yeah, no, I get it. So, I get but it. But it all worked out, you know. Then we ended up with one of the tops in the nation. So it is interesting. That's true. I, I had thought about that. It's just kind of interesting how it all did work out. So for us. Let's talk so, about your team before we uh, lose any yeah. time with them because yeah. we got to talk about these players. Leah Springer, six foot senior, one of two yeah. seniors on this team, averaging nearly twenty points a game, averaging a double double with ten and a half rebounds. Also hands out the third, second most assists on the team, uh, and has the second most steals on this squad, and obviously leads the team in blocks with forty nine. It clearly goes through her, no matter how you make things work. But give us a sense of how integral she is with this offense. Um, yeah, I mean she's, I mean she's everything with the offense because people have to be concerned with her, and we we have two other pretty really dynamic people as well. But she's the one that she's just hard to guard. You can't put a forward on her because she's too she can handle the ball. If you put a guard on her, she can go down the post. So in that sense, I mean it's just uh, we can, and when you know crunch time, we can, and everybody's pressing, we just you know give her the ball, and, it, and the other team doesn't have four four or five guards to guard us, and she can bring it up and do different things. So yeah, she's a remarkable player. Uh, which remarkably, you know, she missed off last year. Did yeah. not play it. Did not play her practice for 13 months, uh, coming off a knee, and um, you know, and she's really, you know, found her way. So, for sure. But she's she's great. But um, but her value is even greater. Like, who she is as a person and off the court. Like the team just wants to play with her. Mm. Um, she's she's a remarkable person. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting is, as I said, there's two seniors, but it's really underclassmen. Who then yeah. kind of on the statistics sheet come come next is right. uh, Janisha Davis, a junior at thirteen and a half points a game and five rebounds. Elena Eckley, a sophomore, 
uh, at 12 and a half points a game and, and three and a half rebounds. And then a uh, Megan Zimmerman uh, at eight and a half points and six and six and a half rebounds. Uh, Zimmerman being a sophomore as well. So Springer is certainly leading by example to say the least, but helping um, leave an, an incredible legacy and, and helping these players along who are underclassmen. Otherwise, this might be a very different season. Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah, we've been, like, with her coming back and, and Janisha transferred in, and uh, that's somebody we weren't planning on. And so, I mean, it's so, and that's part of the issue, you know, like some really talented people, and, and they're really good with the ball, uh, and them learning to trust other teammates and give it up. And we, we talk about pinging the basketball. Like uh, just get the ball moving, and and that and things you know things will work out, um, and that's what uh, that's what some of these talented people have done. They've just kind of given up their own um, situations for the betterment of the team and and better shots. Talking to Mike Miller here, head coach of Messiah of Women's Basketball, who are twenty three and four entering this tournament. You guys take on Keystone at home. Obviously, home is a big deal for you guys. It's one of the cooler environments in the Mid-Atlantic uh, to see a game, but it's an NCAA tournament game, and I know that campus will be up. What do you? How do you first focus on the task at hand being Keystone and not get pulled in to the distractions? Because if there's one thing that's distracting, it's Messiah fans because they are passionate about their sports. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting thing. Uh, we just you know dinner with the team tonight, and just with you know coaches were talking like. Um, the number one thing is they, they really, the players themselves really stay in the moment and do not look ahead. Um, and, and we actually, you know, just, I actually last week sent out an email to all the parents uh, to not, you know, here's all the information for the conference tournament. Uh, do not ask, do not ask your kids on Monday what time the game's going to be on Saturday. You know, and so I, you know, because they get that a lot. You know, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, and um, so it's, 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 it's a really hard, you know, difficult. That's great to be at home. But and, you know, we talk about with the men's and women's soccer coaches that yeah. semifinal game when everybody's asking what time the game is Saturday, um, it can it can it's hard to keep your focus. And and this particular group though, they are really they just love to go and be together and go compete together. And they they do not look ahead at all. So it's, in that sense, it's really been easy for me to to kind of manage that with them. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's why the Super Bowl, by the way, has two weeks in between uh, games yeah. for a lot of these distractions, <laughs> yeah. and it's not yeah. even at home. Um, yeah. And they tried it at a week. It didn't work very yeah. well. Uh, yeah. Keystone, what, what what do you know of them? I mean, this is a kind of an up-and-coming program in the CSAC. Really good coach. I know that from talking to her earlier this season. Yeah. But what do you make of Keystone? They might be in your state, but you probably don't know a lot about them. Yeah, we yeah we really don't, other than what we've just been you know working with at film. Because uh, most of their top players are, are freshman sophomores. Um, they aren't they aren't that big, so they they run a really um, like we, we pride ourselves on defense. Uh, they're going to be hard to guard tomorrow night, so it's really going to be a challenge. Uh, they've taken almost 800 threes, made over 300 of them, um, and then you, and then they're chasing down the long rebounds. So um, yes, yeah, so that's what we know about them. Uh, they're not not that big, uh, not overly deep, but the people that they put on the court to start the game can fill can fill it up. Yeah. So, so so we're going to need to you know take care of transition defense and. And uh, just tweak some of our concepts, um, and then hopefully make, you know just make things tougher on them. And so. then Eastern Connecticut and St. John Fisher on the other side. Yeah. Uh, do you even dare look that far in advance? Oh, absolutely. I mean, not necessarily in the sense of you know what time we play Saturday, but like we we scout everybody um, completely the same. And like by yesterday at one o'clock, all three teams were scouted like we were playing them on Friday night, and then we just put it away. So in that sense, I have them. 
in my head. Um, we we always I got this from Mike Strong years ago. Uh, if it's Scranton, the old Scranton coach, um, great Scranton coach. Like, how do you handle this stuff? And he said on on Monday night, I I just talk about one concept on the team we might play Saturday. On Tuesday night, I talk about the other another concept on the other team, and then we just get ready for Friday. Sure. So that's that's kind of how we do things. So in that sense, you look ahead because you don't want to like be surprised and scrambling. Yeah. But uh, but for the last forty eight hours, it's been nothing but you know worrying about Keystone. Totally makes sense. I can yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Mike, I really appreciate the time. Good luck this weekend. Obviously, enjoy <laughs> it as much as they might be yeah. bugging you. Enjoy it and uh, have yeah. fun. And as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned um, in? No, just again, uh, your work is, you know, what, uh, what the coach from Chicago said, your work is, is wonderful. People out there just, you know, contribute a couple extra bucks here over the next couple weeks, and, uh, uh, and let's, let's make this happen for Dave and D3 Hoops. Well, uh, thank you for your work. Yep. Very kind of you, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks okay. so much. You take care of okay. yourself, and I'll look forward to thank talking you. to you down the road. Okay, awesome. Awesome, Bye. bud. Take care. Here's Mike Miller joining us from uh, from Messiah. Again, the 19th-ranked uh, Falcons. Uh, you, listen, they do have a lot of experience with tournaments. Your men's and women's soccer program, some of the best in the country uh, when it comes to soccer. They've won the most championships. Hats off to their women's program, who just did it again back in December. Um, and, and other programs are certainly coming along as well. Um, but that tremendous, absolutely tremendous uh, what they're doing there, and congratulations to them and hosting the tournament. It'll be keep things busy, that's for sure. All right, we're going to take a break. I was going to take a break, wrap up the show, but we're actually going to have an update on Yeshiva. Elliot Steinmetz is going to join us uh, on the phone to talk about what happened today, how it's been resolved, his emotions about it, uh, and how they're keeping it from being a distraction. If you did not tune in uh, or did not miss it or get this news earlier, Yeshiva had their uh, hotel rooms canceled uh, due to coronavirus scare. And, well, it's not gone well. They've got a hotel. They've been at practice, et cetera. But when we come back from break, we will talk exclusively to Elliot Steinmetz about this, about what has happened, et cetera, et cetera, here on Hoopsville. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. Back with more in a bit. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. For the love of the game, that's what it's all about, they say. But for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that. It's more about team and the schools and communities we represent. And for the many of us blessed with the strength to compete in sport at the college level, we understand that with what we were given comes a special obligation. An obligation to help those who have their own special needs and whose love for the game is no less intense. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. Since August of 2011, we and others from Division III campus communities 
have volunteered more than a quarter million hours, time away from the classroom and practice field, reaching across the country to coach and mentor Special Olympics athletes. And to learn that in giving, we receive so much more in return. Help us keep that dream alive. Be part of it. Get involved. You can make a difference. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. back to Hoopsville, everybody, as we continue to uh, do this show a little longer than we had planned tonight. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can also join us on um, Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You can also join us on YouTube, youtube.com slash D3Hoopsville. Um, and of course, you can email us, Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. We'll only now get to what we've been talking about all show long. Literally got this news as we started the program. Yeshiva University men's basketball team uh, left out of their hotels, basically. Uh, hotel room was uh, reservations were canceled uh, due to, in Baltimore County, uh, which is just outside of Johns Hopkins, about northwest of Johns Hopkins. Their plans there were, were canceled, apparently due to scares of a coronavirus. We should point out there is a case involving a corona, uh, yeshiva student that has just developed out of New York late today. There are now also three cases that have developed in Baltimore, or I should say in Maryland, but they're in Montgomery County, which is outside Washington, D.C., not really in the Baltimore area. Uh, we got a chance to talk or get a chance to get on the line. Head coach for Yeshiva in Elliot Steinmetz, and he now joins us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. And, uh, Elliot, on a day like today, I can imagine this is the the last headache you needed to deal with. Uh, yeah, prob- probably is, but, uh, you know, our, our guys are resilient. They're finishing up uh, stretching now from practice. We had a good film session 
Um, you know, Hopkins has been great down here as a host and uh, moved some things around time-wise for us. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're working hard. We're trying to get ready, and we're looking forward to tomorrow. Can you circle back for me, kind of start from the beginning? When did you guys get a sense that something was amiss or something was wrong with what was going on? Did you even know about what was going on at, on your campus b- before all this happened? We did. I mean, the, the news about the, uh, about the student came out a couple of days ago. Um, you know, I think a lot of inaccuracies were reported. The kid is not actually on campus and hasn't been in over a week. Um, you know, there are, there, as far as I know and as far as we've been told, there's been no confirmed cases of coronavirus on the Yeshiva campus. Um, you know, yes, there's a student uh, who is not on campus who contracted it from a family member, uh, but there's nothing that we know of on Yeshiva campus. Nobody is in quarantine. Nobody has been, uh, you know, taken for it and given any positive tests or anything like that. Uh, our players were cleared by the Department of Health to travel and to compete without any risk. So obviously cleared, allowed to compete, allowed to travel. All those headaches kind of checkmarked off. When did you get a sense yep. that something was amiss with the hotel? Uh, about an hour away from the hotel, we got a call that they were uh, – Letting us know that they were trying to decide if they were going to even let us in. I think uh, I think the media in in uh, Baltimore had started to, uh, I guess, get word of. Uh, you mentioned there were three cases going on somewhere in the Maryland area. I think all that stuff put together maybe gave them a little bit of a scare, um, and uh, they gave us issues when we got there. They wouldn't let us check in, so we had to uh, we had to retrack and find somewhere else to go. What what time of the day was this, by the way? This was uh, right around noon. Right around noon, we, we were supposed to get to the hotel around one thirty or so. We got a call probably around twelve, twelve thirty from the hotel. How did you go about? It? I mean, what did they give for an explanation? Was it simply because you had a student somewhat associated with the yeshiva that had popped? Did they give any other reason for it, or is it just total reaction to coronavirus in general? It, it was pure. It was pure. I would call it overreaction, but it was pure. It was pure reaction to what was going on and what they were seeing in the news. How far were you able to take it up the chain, as it were, with either management on site or wherever, to try and resolve this before having to cut your losses? Uh, no, this went to the top. I mean, this this went this went all the way up. I mean, we were dealing with the general manager of the hotel, of course, but this went up into ownership as well. Um, you know, they had a meeting about it. Uh, they ultimately decided they were a no go, and then you know proceeded to assist us in finding other accommodations. And you have a quote in the New York Post, basically claiming that this was discrimination what what what's your your thought process behind why that is the case and, and your thoughts to them about it uh, my thoughts to them were, were pretty simple they they don't have anything on their website when you sign up for you know to reserve a room or when you come into the hotel uh, and I asked them this when when we got there I said you know are you are you asking every single person that comes in here looking for room are you asking them if they have been in an area that has had you know any sort of uh, coronavirus confirmed cases are you asking people what country they're coming in from when they make a reservation and they said no so i my response was so this is just a special case for yeshiva university that we don't get to come in they said yes i said that that to me sounds like discrimination so they so did they admit they knew about your case on the campus they seem to yeah they seem to have been following the news and and how long did this (laughs) wrangle take place before finally you guys realized you needed to go somewhere else 
I was I was actually not there in the beginning. I got there midway through. You know, it was probably you know probably a good hour or so that they were going back and forth before uh, ultimately they made a final decision that they were not going to allow us uh, to stay there. Uh, we quickly spent the next uh, little while trying to figure out a good spot to go, and ultimately we ended up in uh, downtown Baltimore. Yeah, you did. We'll talk about that in a second. Was anybody else involved besides just you guys? Did did others with the NCAA, uh, the Division Three committee, Johns Hopkins, et cetera? Because this is a hotel Johns Hopkins helped set up. We should point out that's part of the hosting. So I assume others may have been involved. So, so no. So this is not actually the the hotel that Hopkins set up. We we actually chose to go to this hotel on our own. Okay. Um, this was this was outside of NCAA and Hopkins. So so there was you know there was nothing for them to do and. Uh, you know, they've, they've obviously been helpful and everything else, but uh, not not something that was in, in their uh, wheelhouse. Gotcha. And I assume you picked this location because you knew it was also kind of in the community that you wanted to be in. Yeah, this, this was a, uh, a convenient location for us, obviously, you know, near the Jewish community. Um, there's, uh, you know, a kosher caterer that works closely with that hotel that was very, very convenient for us in terms of setting up for the, uh, for the Sabbath and, and everything else. Uh, so, you know, we, we were able to adjust it and obviously move on but uh definitely definitely was upsetting uh how's the community responded if you know uh i've, I've gotten a ton of text messages and emails from people i don't even know over here offering home hospitality offering food offering to help out uh you know we obviously figured it out pretty quickly but it's uh very touching how quickly everybody reached out you mentioned it you you got to worry about the sabbath because you guys are playing at one o'clock in the afternoon on friday so you can be back in your hotels by the time it's sundown uh because you will then stay there until sundown on saturday should you should you win and go back to hopkins to play in the second round so there's rooms that needed not only for for staying but for film study you you needed as you pointed out uh dinner and meals to be served during that entire day on saturday how much of that headache has is still unresolved so it actually got resolved pretty quickly, and that's a credit, I guess, to the hotel to the Lord Baltimore where we're staying now. Uh, they, they gave us a nice-sized room that we were able to separate into three into three little rooms. Uh, we were able to put one aside to use for a synagogue when needed. We were able to use one for uh, for a dining area. We were able to use one for team meetings and film sessions. Now, I know you guys have already had practice. Did that practice get pushed back because of all this, or was it its normal time? No, it did. We were, we were supposed to practice earlier in the afternoon. We ended up at 8 o'clock at night. Uh, how how at least did that go for you guys? It went okay. I think our guys are a little tired. Obviously, a long day, but uh, they're focused. They're ready. Hey, you know, you and I have talked about, and I don't want to necessarily wrangle this in with the conversations we've had with the, the the comments heard during games and the challenges you guys have had being Jewish and and some of the extracurricular stuff, for lack of a better description. You and I have discussed that before. I know this is just yet one more piece of drama sitting on top of you guys at this point. How do you shake it off? How do you not let it bother you when it comes to tomorrow's big game? Uh, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think today was really, uh, you know, religious-based in any way. Um, you know, I think it had a lot more to do with what's going on. Uh, it doesn't make it acceptable. It doesn't make it necessarily better. Um, but, you know, yeah, we deal with that stuff. We're used to it. Um, it's, it's not okay. It's stuff that we've started to, you know, as opposed to, so to speak, being the, the bigger guy and, and and backing down and, and just going and playing, we, we've started to stand up for ourselves a little bit and speak about it and talk about it more, whether it's in the press, whether it's, uh, you know, to our guys, whether it's to, you know, the people who we're dealing with. Uh, thankfully, we have not seen a lot of that this year. It's been a, it's been a real good year in that way, um, you know, taking aside, obviously, what's gone on outside of the university and in the New York area over the last bunch of months. 
Uh, but, you know, it's uh, something that our guys really know how to handle already and, and thankfully are used to. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier when we were dealing with this situation. Uh, adversity is kind of our thing. So we, we, we just kind of find our way. Well, obviously you've got a big game tomorrow. It's against WPI. Uh, how did you guys got, we should repeat, you guys have been cleared. You're fine. Nobody's tested uh, positive for any issues or anything. You're, you're fine to play tomorrow, and I assume nobody else is having issues with this. Um, as far as I know, the game is on for one o'clock at Hopkins tomorrow against WPI, and uh, you know, really good opponent, and we're we're looking forward to the challenge. Uh, I know your split session. I expect there's probably going to be a big crowd on hand uh, for this game. I, I think they we kind of know they put you in Baltimore for for a reason. I assume you guys are looking forward to this one. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people coming down, a lot of people coming from New York, and obviously you have a large Jewish community here that people are. You know, I understand we're buying tickets pretty early, uh, so we're expecting a nice crowd from uh, from our side, and it should be a lot of fun. Uh, anything uh, about the team that you want to give us a heads up on for tomorrow? Uh, then there's nothing nothing uh, unusual. I think uh, you know you'll see a lot of what you've seen all year. We don't really we don't really change a lot of what we do. Um, you know, we're, we're I think we're uh, un- unpredictable in our in our being predictable. So it's uh, you know we're just looking forward to getting out there and playing ball after after a long day today. Oh, I'm 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 sure of that. What about WPI? What do you expect from them? I, I think they're solid. They got you know obviously the big kid can really play. Uh, they have a few guards that defend extremely well. Um, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a good challenge and a good test for us to you know to play you know to play to play against an NCAA team and a national team. It's uh, you know been been a long season. We've been able to rack up a lot of wins and had a lot of success. Uh, but now everybody's zero and zero, and it's uh, good to go out and get tested a little bit. Well, uh, Elliot, I appreciate you coming on here at the last minute discussing it. I know I bugged you with some text messages amongst apparently many, many others. I appreciate the time you gave us. Uh, as I always do, no matter the situation, I give the final word to the guest. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? No, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for, you know, as always, uh, getting us on and giving us support. And uh, just a big shout-out to the uh, Baltimore community who really stepped up today and, uh, and offering their support and their help. Um, and we're excited. We're looking forward to, uh, to competing tomorrow. I'm sure you are. I look forward to seeing it myself. Take care of yourself. I hope you guys get some good rest. You got a nice place down there in the Inner Harbor. If anything worked out, you got a better place, maybe. That's for sure true. <laughs> Elliot, take care. Thanks for the time. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Dave. Thanks. Elliot Steinmetz joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline again. Yeshiva men's basketball denied their hotel, which was in the Pikesville area of Baltimore County. Uh, surrounded by the Jewish community. That's one of the many places um, where that strong community here in Baltimore resides, and and they chose it on purpose. You heard Elliot say that for a lot of reasons. Again, remember, they're playing at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Friday uh, because they need to be back and, and everything done, basically, in the hotel by sundown. This happened two years ago up at York College in Pennsylvania as well. Unfortunately, Yeshiva didn't win that game. But if they are to win... Then the game on Saturday will be played at 8.30 because they will then leave the hotel after sundown. Um, again, no real shoot-around or anything like that. So to have the extra headache of going into a hotel, now losing that reservation you had based on a fear that maybe is a little bit of an overreaction, I- I'm sure you could have asked, hey, have you guys been tested and are you cleared and-, and we'd be fine after that. But that's not the reaction of that hotel. To have that headache, to have the catering and everything else that you've got lined up kind of torn apart because of this um, is unfortunate. Uh, It's great to hear that the community has rallied. I'm not shocked by that at all. 
Uh, I've lived in this area for a long time now. I'm not from Baltimore, but I've lived in this area a long time. To, to know a community rallies behind people in this in this area is is a, a pretty well known fact, and it's good to hear. It's unfortunate they couldn't find another hotel in that immediate area. There are a number of other ones, but the and and I wouldn't be surprised if it's probably because some of those individuals traveling to see them here I, I know people traveling from all over the country to see this game tomorrow and possibly the game on saturday but they're downtown now they've got a hotel they've got some accommodations taken care of it, it that's the good news out of this the unfortunate news is that they've had to deal with it and it's unfortunate that again a yeshiva student did test positive not been on campus for a while this team has tested been tested been cleared to come to this event and to play uh, Johns Hopkins, as Elliot said, obviously is doing a very good job of hosting them and taking care of them. It's unfortunately a headache they got to deal with um, and move on. So it's unfortunate. I'm glad I could get Elliot on the show. I hope that gave you some information on what's going on. I appreciate Elliot taking the time to do that. Um, with that, let's let's wrap up the show. I mean, I don't know how to take a hard turn there uh, and and get back into talking Division Three basketball. Um, obviously the, the games at Hopkins are going to be great. I'm going to be there for the, both give them tomorrow, one o'clock game. It is Yeshiva versus WPI. And then Hopkins will take on, uh, Penn state Harrisburg at six o'clock. I forgot to ask Elliot there. I think one of the reasons for that is to allow them to get back to the hotel, to be able to, um, to, uh, um, watch the game and scout it live. Uh, they can't obviously be on site. Uh, it's interesting as, uh, daylight savings time kicks in at the end of uh, this weekend. Um, sunset in this area is just after 6 p.m., just as an FYI. Um, so I'm going to try and shift gears here. I know there were a few questions out there. Um, I will try and... Sorry, just texting back some people. I'll try and get to some of the answers if I can. Um, hang on a quick second. Um... Sorry, there's like six emails that came in, and I want to double-check I get to them. Uh, there's an article apparently. Oh, David's uh, interesting. David's in college doing a story, I believe, on uh, Swarthmore. We'll check that out in a bit. There was something on Twitter. Hold on, folks. Just bear with me. Getting back to our, our, our conversations. Um, let's see. Uh, getting into YouTube because I thought, nope, there's nothing there. I take that back. So we'll check uh, the Twitter scope. And ah, Jed saying, nice interview, hoping Yeshiva makes it to Atlanta before falling to Swarthmore myself. Jed, that's not a bad idea, sir. Uh, I'll, I'll give you that one. If, if, they, if Swarthmore and Yeshiva are in the championship game in Atlanta, that would be a doozy, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> love it. Actually do. Uh, some people wanted to know upsets. I, I talked about hosts that may not get out of it. If, if you're talking straight out upsets in the opening weekend, um, or really opening round. Let's stick with that because I talked about hosts that may not get out of the opening weekend. Uh, you know, that's that's always tough. I, usually the top teams are kind of positioned in a way that they should be able to to absorb a tough opponent. But, you know, I think St. Thomas, St. Norbert's going to be a fascinating game. Um, St. Thomas is good, but I think St. John's showed that they're they're beatable and St. Norbert I think flies a little bit under the radar. This is on the men's side of things, just FYI. Um let's see. I, you know Centenary of Louisiana. Watch out for them. I like Texas Dallas, but Centenary's got a, a lot of youth. They they got nothing to lose here. Uh they might be a fun one to watch. I think both wits out of the Northwest are going to be, you know, 
excited to be playing on the road, to be honest, because they're not going to have to worry about facing a, a, the other one on the other side of the bracket on, on Saturday. Whitworth's going to take on Letourneau. Uh, I think that's going to be a could be a really good game. Wittenberg's going to take on LaRoche. That's going to be a really good game. Um, but in terms of true upsets, I, I don't know if I know of any right off that I can say, you know, this one's going to go X way. I mean, we all know the NACC is capable of pulling off an upset. We all know the UMAC is capable of an upset. In other words, watch out for Concordia, Wisconsin, if you're a Plantville fan. Um, we've seen crazier things. Um, you know, Pomona Pitzer might have, a, have something to say. They, they might knock off center. If you're not paying attention, watch out for that one. I think Grove City, I think Steve Moore pro- talked about it earlier, about how they're going to be a challenge for Worcester. Uh, I think some of these teams we don't know because of the parity are going to be able to step up tomorrow and really have some good games. I love Brian Lane. Uh, I love the Transylvania team, but they're going to have a challenge with Oshkosh, to say the least, and he talked about that. I think if you're a WPI fan, you better watch out for Yeshiva. They're a little bit more motivated now than they would have been previously. Um, I, St. Joseph, Connecticut could easily come out of this weekend. I would, I'd be less than shocked. Springfield also, though, that's that second-round game, if both teams can get past their opening opponents, and I realize St. Joseph's has got Hobart there and Springfield's got Canton, but if Springfield-St. Joseph's is playing in the second round, that's a dandy of a game to tune into, uh, to say the least. Um, otherwise, I'm not sure what I would... You know, if I'm Benedictine, watch out for Susquehanna. I, I don't, you cannot sleep on Susquehanna if I'm Benedictine. On the women's side... Uh, you know, that's a tough one too. Again, I think this, I think the bracket was fairly put together that you, that I don't know how many true upsets we're going to get. I mean, the NYU Emanuel game is a, is outstanding. That game in Bowdoin, I forgot to check with everybody if they, if they went and stopped by L.L. Bean on the way. Um, if I'm Transylvania, watch out for Randolph making women's basketball. I, something tells me Kelly Williams, great article on D3hoops.com about Kelly Williams and that Randolph-Macon team, if I'm Transylvania, I'm worried about Kelly Williams and that and that Yellow Jackets unit. Um, but, of course, the other side of that bracket is Oglethorpe taking on William Peace. Uh, Oglethorpe's probably got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Forgot that they got sent to Transylvania last year as well. Um, if I'm Wheaton, Whitman's is, is not a team I should take lightly in any way, shape, or form. George Fox, Montclair versus – and Marymount Gettysburg down at Marymount. I wish I could get to that. That's going to be tremendous basketball down there uh, at Marymount. Really wish I could get there. It's unfortunate the Texas pod. I mentioned this earlier, though. I could easily see uh, a Mary Harden-Baylor coming out of that. I could easily see a Texas-Dallas coming out of that weekend. Nothing against Trinity, but it's it's so good, the basketball in Texas right now. So good. The fact that Scranton and Christopher Newport may face off in the second second round is a doozy of a game. Um. Yeah, I, if I'm Baldwin-Wallace, watch out for Haverford. Bobby Morgan's team is not afraid of anybody. And if I'm Baldwin-Wallace, that defense of Haverford is something to be worried about. Uh, so those are kind of some teams I'm, I'm looking at. Uh, it'll, it'll be a good weekend of basketball. And in the, men, the fact that the men's games are spread out is outstanding. By the way, we've gotten some questions about, um, uh, about donations. And again, if you're watching the show, on the show page, we have a new fundraising campaign because everyone was interested in the Venmo. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure you just click there. I'm, I'm literally testing it as we speak. Um, um, I'm just literally putting something in to see what I do next. Um, 
Man, that's interesting. It's not really going where I want them to go. Uh, I hope that doesn't act up. Uh, it's asking for a visual. I don't really want a visual, but we'll add one. We'll see what it does next. Um, uh, it's not letting us. So I'm going to have to go into the system maybe. if I didn't realize maybe there was a problem with that system. And uh, we will try and get it to work a little bit better. I'm, I'm a little surprised. It's not supposed to be <laughs> that complicated. But, of course, it's that complicated, right? Is that what they say? Um, so we'll fix that. We'll hit save and go back to this and hit refresh and see what it takes. Um, no, that's not working either. Um, so we'll, we'll update that. We'll get it out. We did tweet out links, by the way. We'll share that information as well. If it doesn't work, we'll figure it out another way. Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up. I don't think there's any other questions. I am double-checking quickly. Um, yeah, D3 Playbook. Yep, I'm already aware of that. Uh, Baltimore County Sun uh, now reporting that story. Um, we are way ahead of that, as they say. Um, Double-checking any other comments that might be in our systems. I do not see any, though our Facebook stream seems to have slowed down, but I think we're good to go. Looks like everybody's gotten their answers, and so I appreciate everybody uh, tuning in and being a part of the show. Uh, looks like uh, we'll... Uh, just at this point, wrap it up. Um, so just a reminder, uh, we'll be back on the air Sunday, uh, 7 o'clock Eastern time with reactions to the opening weekend. We'll probably get a bunch of, uh, of um, um, interviews and such from, from the field, as it were, from teams. We'll also fill in the holes with other teams. I'll be at games on Friday. We'll not be games on Saturday, but we'll be monitoring things. Of course, stay with D3Hoops.com for everything else that you may need. And that should do it for us, folks. I appreciate you all tuning in to what was a crazy show. Uh, I want to thank all of our guests who, who appeared on the show. Of course, uh, Kevin uh, Jaskowitz at Coast Guard. I want to thank Jason and his assistant for helping with that interview. Steve Moore at Worcester. I want to thank Kevin for that assistance. Brian Lane at Transylvania. Thank you to Justin, especially for that. Carissa Sane, uh, the Chicago women's head coach. I want to thank Nathan there at Chicago for that help. And Mike Miller from Messiah. I want to thank Matthew for his help in getting us that all taken care of. And I want to thank Elliot Steinmetz right there at the end for coming on the show and talking about what they've been dealing with at Yeshiva here in the Baltimore area. If you're not sure, by the way, we're in the Baltimore area. Uh, that'll do it. You've been listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. We do want to thank our partners at Sensible Sports Marketing. If you're looking to promote our promotional products and apparel, Sensible Sports Marketing has the largest selection in college athletics. If you can dream it, they can do it. From game day giveaways to premium door gifts and more, check them out online at GetSportsSense.com. That's GetSportsSense.com. Their phone number is 800-575-4765. Also thank our partners at Sport Tours International. Play the world, they say. Check them out online at www.SportTours.net. SportTours.net is a uh, their website. And you can either book a European trip with your team, a South American trip with your team, even a Costa Rican trip with your team. You can also get a, a tournament. They've got the Daytona Shootout and they got the D3Hoops.com Classic. Yep, the D3Hoops.com Classics with our friends at Sport Tours in Las Vegas. So you got a couple choices there if you're looking for games that will challenge you, we promise you. And of course, I also want to thank Capital Elite Agency. Prepare to advance, they say. If you're a, a Division three coach or any coach out there looking to uh, advance your career in head coaching or whatever, check them out online at www.capitaleliteagency.com. You can also check them out on Twitter at Cap Elite Agency. That's at Cap Elite 
agency. And I want to thank all of you who've donated. We will double check the link and why that's not working today uh, and at least get you more information. Though we've tweeted it out today and we've also Facebooked it. Um, we'll YouTube it. We'll, we'll plaster that in the next couple of days. We got encouraged to keep the fundraiser going. So we are. Apparently, a lot of you want to use Venmo. We found an avenue so you can use Venmo. That's why we're doing it. And we'll get you more information down the road. Thanks for listening to Hoops Hole and watching the show. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back on Sunday at 7 o'clock Eastern. You've been watching Hoops Hole, presented by D3Hoops.com from our partners at the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, the National Association of Basketball Coaches, and especially our friends at Blue Frame Technology. You can watch this show on their Team One Sports app. That's Team Number One Sports app. You can check that out online on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, and Android devices. You can also find our shows and on-demand uh, of the entire season at TeamOneSports.com slash Hoopsville. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We will see you back here Sunday night, 7 o'clock Eastern. Good night, everybody.